approximately three years ago, three guys appeared on Worthing FC's The Rebel Yell podcast, a special about letting fans into the ground throughout COVID. That podcast worked so well, so the idea for a generic non-league podcast was formed. Fast forward a few weeks and the Premier Non-League podcast was born, a few changes on the contributor side throughout the years, and here we are. With some appearances from some of our favourite guests from the years, we bring you the PNLP episode 50. Hope you enjoy it. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. Guys, we are back. We are back for episode 50. God, did we ever think we would make it to 50, guys? What do we think? No, but we kept to a schedule so far. We have Gareth's... Gareth's schedule, uh, which he hasn't kept to himself. Well, which we we uh, yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, you got you got good excuses tonight. But with uh, um, on old company time, he sat there uh, on his old company laptop typing out what schedule is going to be. We have here. We are two weeks after the last one, but three of us in the room. Myself, Pete. We had that um, podcast, didn't we? The uh, the, pre- uh, the Rebel Yell podcast where we did let fans in. And we had that geezer from Bogner who isn't a geezer anymore at Bogner. He's at some other club somewhere in Sussex, I think. But we, we got a little pod. Yeah, somewhere like that. I don't know. We had that podcast together with Johnny and Ian. We formed the Premier League podcast and uh, that's some changes. One of those changes is right now on Scrimfer's baby. Gareth is uh, joining us right now for about 10 or so minutes because it is his wife's birthday tonight. So, you know... Um, I guess baby's getting away with anything you do on her birthday, but we'll uh, didn't get in the we'll way of football the weekend. No, did they? <laughs> no, exactly. They loved that on our podcast uh, for um, our podcast channels on social media. Gareth with his uh, little babby at the side of the pitch in a pram. Uh, who got more attention? The football or the baby? Well, I, th- I don't think we'd have got the um, the likes on the page if the baby wasn't in it, would we? So I'm going to go baby. <laughs> yeah, play, there we go. Yeah, we got a few I'll likes, go got a few followers. Yeah. Got a few things. Um, how are we doing, guys? How are we doing? Episode 50. We've, we, we, we've got a lot to talk about this episode. We've got some fantastic guests coming up. Should we tell them the guests now or should we just wait for them to... You have to see throughout the podcast to listen. No, well, actually, listen it's like, actually, to be fair, it's on the graphic anyway, so they're going to know who it is <laughs> they tune into it. So, you know. Right. We, we, we thought... We spoke in the week. We said, like, it's the 50th episode. Why don't we get some of our favourite guests and the new guests on, um, which Trevor's organised over the summer? Um for our 50th episode um any guesses who they might be i mean one could be classed as quite rather opinionated but probably one of my most favorite interviewees of all time on this podcast uh pete any ideas not a clue mate he's not black is he he's mark white (laughs) (laughs) see what i did there see what i did there see what i did there. that was probably the worst lead into anything i've ever heard Uh, you're probably you're probably wondering what the hell i was coming at there mark white (laughs) joins us again on the uh pnlp episode 50 and um as you can imagine he's got a lot to say so uh, a great sit down with him um we've also got one of our favorite footballers um we've ever interviewed chris dixon um god knows what club he's at now i'm no longer his friend apparently according to uh he's at area from belvedere now isn't he? there you go yeah there you go uh, i mean but but trev badmouthed me so much to him i don't think we're friends anymore i didn't need to i didn't need to. he wasn't the only one that badmouthed oh was it you as well yeah 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 johnny come back <laughs> over here there we go yeah 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 and, uh, and trev who's the third guest we've got on tonight's episode it's a new one to the premier non podcast but quite a big name yeah, the third guest we've got is Peterborough United's chairman, uh, Darren McAntony, who 
has his own Hard Truths podcast out every week, which obviously covers the Football League with Philip Eiton and Bradford City as well. But you won probably wondering why we've got Dara on. Yeah, I was well, going to ask why. Why have we got yeah. him on? Why have we got Dara on? We got Dara on because Peterborough pluck a lot of talent from non-league football, and not only do they sell it on at a profit, they look after their non-league. They look after non-league club. They buy the player from as well, which then in turn they get a lot of repeat business. So. I invited Dara on so we, we can understand why they went down that route, why a lot of other clubs don't do that, and how they managed to sell these players on, improve them, coach them well. Seemed like an ideal opportunity, really. And haven't we? And haven't Peter got, got one of Peter's friends there? David Ajaboy? Yeah. And Kwame Poku? <laughs> David, 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 David! Yeah, I remember, remember that from, from <laughs> the Barnet Sutton game. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't say it in that voice. It was similar, maybe a David, bit deeper. He was. He was by the side. I was just saying, "All right, David, that was Hang it." On. Yeah, you keep hearing yourself, that Peter. Yeah, anyway, well, I don't. I don't want to set Pete off anyway because he's already going to go on a rant in a minute. I can't wait for that. But you know, <laughs> um, Trev Barnet doing well at, yes. at the summit of the national league right now. Is it going to last? Actually, oh. is that the season? Because. Do we have to kick Trev off the Premier League podcast if Barnet get promoted? Is that the rules or not? I don't want to kick him off, but, you know. Cheerio, uh, cheerio, cheerio. I do, I do, I do, I do enough non-league, don't I? Yeah, yeah, we do enough non-league. But uh, they're at the summit of uh, the, the National League and the non-league pyramid at the moment, Trevor. You must be happy for the season start. What 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 is it? What's going right? Everything. Um, <laughs> well, 12 months ago, we were, we were top. Again, I've been beaten, I think, woke in again. 2-0 on the Saturday afternoon and then we sold Efron to Peterborough of all clubs and then the season took a bit of a turn for a couple of months while we adjusted. So um, hopefully this time around there won't be any departures. been a few rumours this week um, or the last couple 24 hours I should say. From, from Guys, I've got to go. It was nice to see you. I'm going to hopefully make it on to the next one fully. Sorry. Thanks. Okay, I was just going to say we'll go to Gaz after this. Thanks for interrupting. Oh, sorry. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shoot. Sorry. All right. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your evening, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. As I was saying. Hope As I was saying. Now I've got to realise, do I have to edit that out or do I have to keep it in? Do we keep I it in to mug him off? To mug him off. Anyway. Yeah, 12 months ago, we're in the same position, but there's um, a bit more resilience this year, I would say. Although we lost the we lost the three-goal lead at Eastleigh on Tuesday night, and we come back beating one of the other sides that are expected to be in the playoffs, in and around the playoffs with us. Kept a clean sheet. See Zach Brunt goals as well. The little lab we got from Sheffield United is going to be an absolute star, star as well. Um, I don't know. It's four games in. It's a long season. Um, I've seen I've seen fans losing their marbles after two games because their sides lost two games. And I'm thinking, really? You've got 44 games to turn this round. You get to five, you think, hmm. You get to 10, then you start to worry that it's not going to be mm. the season you expect. But... You know, as Dino always says, one game at a time. It's three points closer to the target. That's all it is. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, do, do you think, do you, like, it might, it, it's always an exciting start because you look at the season, like, we can say the same for Worthing. We'll go into Worthing in a little bit, but we're top of the league after three wins, one loss, uh, you know, playing very well, some really good football. Um, and I'm, I'm especially, you know what I'm like, I start dreaming, silly dreams. But do you, do you think it's, it's obviously way too early to start dreaming, but from what you've seen so far, do you think this will be sustained throughout the season or do you think you'll do your traditional Barnet and start off well or have a good run and then just drop off? 
No, I think we've learned a lot of lessons from last year. I mean, we'd have learned lessons from Tuesday night as well. Against Eastleigh, we were scintillating for 30 minutes. They did not lay a glove on us. And the goal they got back on 43 minutes through Paul McCallum, we went straight up the other end. And if Nicky Kabamba's header had been a yard either side of, um, of McDonnell, we would have gone in 4-1 up. It probably would have been game over. We had chances again when they pulled another goal back midway through the second half. So... Um, you know, to lose a free goal lead, but then come back at the weekend, easily are expected to be up there as well. To come back at the weekend, you keep a clean sheet, you go top of the league. You know, you can't you can't ask for much more at the moment. But as I just said, you take it one game at a time. Is there any areas that you think at the moment the Barnet are lacking that you know before you know they could sign something from someone or you know, everyone say a striker? Everyone say a striker just literally because Nicky is the only striker. We've got Callum Stead who were born from Brackley during the summer, who's a very different type of player and needs a little bit of time to um, try and get up to the speed of full-time football again. That would be the only thing. But do you then go out and, you know, buy a striker just to sit on the bench? Strikers aren't cheap. So do we do what we did last year? And again, transfer window doesn't end for the Football League clubs and for another two weeks. And at the moment, they're all keeping their players close and no one's letting anyone go. But apart from that, we've brought in... Uh, defensive midfielder from Mansfield on a season-long loan during the week, which is competition for Dale Gorman. So, bar bar Nicky, we've got competition everywhere across the pitch. Now, um, I, I don't really know what to say. We've got a yo-yo in the room. Sorry. <laughs> well, so, did the wife's birthday cake so, and the dog was barking in the background. So, so, so how long are you here for now, Gareth? I, I'm literally popped back on just to... Right, okay. All right, before you bugger off again, right, we're going to say now, what have you been up to in the past couple of weeks in football-wise? Pete, we'll move uh, on to Football-wise, not a great deal. I've been watching a bit on the telly um, and I went. I did a Step 7 game at the weekend. A Step um, 7 game? Step 7, yeah. Free yeah. entry, but it was nice. Um, it was up a beading who my brother plays for versus Jarvis Brook. My brother didn't get picked, so I stood and chatted with him for two hours. Was he fuming? Um, well, uh, whilst Upper Beading got beat 5 1. They went 1 0 up. Um, and did they go 1 0 up? No, they didn't go 1 0 up. They lost 5 1. Um, and actually, I did do a game midweek as well. I went East Preston versus uh, Arundel um, in a Sussex, in not the Sussex Cup, but in a cup from Sussex. Um, and that where East Preston went 1 0 up from Sussex. I can imagine Gareth at the final. This is a cup from Sussex final. Welcome. A cup or an well, no, cup? It, it was it was the Peter Bentley Cup, so it was a little cup. Isn't that the one we've um, won before, Pete? Yes, I think Peter, no, Pete, no, Pete, no, Pete, no, no, the, the Peter Bentley is for um County League Division One. And two, is there yeah. a Pete, is there a Peter Bentley stand or something in one of the grounds somewhere possibly, in Sussex? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I recognize that name. But yeah, East Preston went 1-0 up and then were just undone and unpicked by a vastly more experienced Arundel side who are actually sporting at least two of East Preston's players from last season, including the goalkeeper. Um, So they, and they, that one finished, I think it was 6-1. I can't remember. There's not, there's been a lack of sleep since then. So so when, when, when are you, when are you bringing Babby down to Worthing then for the first time? Um, when the ticket price isn't sixteen pound for entry, oh, that's not going to happen anytime soon, is it? So there we go. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Trev get on to the ticket prices in a bit. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, have we got is that a topic for tonight, Trev? 
I don't, I don't know. know. We could we could make it a little. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe we'll have to hold that till next time. episode because we have about a four hour episode then otherwise. But yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, is that all you've got to say, Gareth? Then, um, I'm sure there'd be other things if I if I'd stay on for the whole thing. But no. she's just waking up. Okay, bye bye. And, and <laughs> she's like, <laughs> to scream. She's like, she's. I mean, she's dead to the world at the moment, but she just did a little like a, yawn. You feel her stirring. Sorry. I can feel the stirring. And the yeah. That's what caused it in the first place. <laughs> um, Peter, it was an IVF baby, so there was none of that. It was oh, all right, done okay. in a test tube. I had the courtesies <laughs> of a TV and a couch. Oh, for God's sake. Right, Gareth, uh, can you... Right, and I'm the one that always gets told off for bringing this podcast down, and yet he's just done that for me tonight. For the 50th episode, I can get, I cannot be told off by any of you guys tonight. So, on that bombshell, Gareth... He's being honest. It's not a taboo. Everyone does it. <laughs> what, does what? I've got a halo above my head. I've got no idea what you're about. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah. it was nice to see you, chaps. Right. On that note of NHN, ad, NHS adult films, it's been lovely to talk to you. Private uh, <laughs> mate in Greece. Oh, well, Greece, well even better, mate. Have a bit of a, I don't know, whatever. Greece they don't is. shave, do they? Oh, Pete, seriously, man. This is the 50th episode. We want to go on for another 50 episodes. Goodbye, right, Gareth. Like, it's been a pleasure. I'm, it has yeah, been. It's always a pleasure. Weeks. Never a chore. See you there. later. Goodbye. Bye, bye, bye. Goodbye. And, uh, and replacing Gareth the yo-yo on the screen, Chris has appeared with his uh, cup that he's stolen from South Shields because that looks like a, cu- a reasonable beer cup. Am I right? Yes, what we pay a pound, <laughs> you pay a pound deposit and then um, you hand them back at the end of the day. But I, I've got about eight in the cupboard. So um... Is this because you haven't finished the pint? You just walk home in a sort of state. That's like, I'm, I'm finishing the pint. just pissed to remember to hand yeah. them back in. So. <laughs> so you're walking down the street. And how does the wife feel about you having eight? self shields cups in the cupboard because I know bought, mine wouldn't be happy. You probably bought four of them home anyway yourself. Fair play, so you get this. That's why I need to get involved. Sure. That's why I need to get involved. <laughs> Pete, Pete, this is what I keep saying to Barry. We need these things at Worthing because I think yeah. it would be really good rather than all the plastic we get. At least a bit more of a solid pint glass. Um, right, Chris, we're going to move on to you in a second, but I've been promising Pete he can have his rant because he's got a little rant about referees. Now, Worthing, mm. since we've done our last episode, have been on a fantastic run. Three wins out of four. Three wins, one loss, including beating the mighty so-called Mighty Torquay. Uh, the National League banter page was a sort of a breeding ground for quite a lot of banter that day because, uh, as we all know, when Torquay joined that page at the beginning of the season, they thought they were HMS Walk the League, as they all <laughs> like to say. And they really clearly aren't. And there's lots of things going on down that are wrong down in Torquay. But that's probably an episode for another time because we might have to get someone on for the Sports Association or something to see what's going on. But Pete, um, been a great, great, sort of couple of weeks, opening weeks of season and Worthing have been, you know, doing doing what Worthing doing fantastic. But the weekend kind of soured a lot of things for a lot of people, didn't it? Yeah, and I don't think, probably most people have seen it on social media now. Let's just do a bit of context for people that haven't. Um, Worthing lost to Avery 2-1 at home. Who, to be fair to Avery, have been a shock surprise at the beginning of the season. We've got to be fair to them. They've they 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 had a good start. But if you... Oh, you couldn't believe Jalen Jones has been part of this squad. Okay, <laughs> but, if this, but basically, basically, they had three three shots in the ninety minutes. They scored with two of them. Fair play to them. They're two 0 up half time. Free kick on a stroke of half time. Bit of confusion between the defence and the goalie went in. Haven't got a problem with any of that. Haven't got a problem with Avery. Worthing were over, over the ninety minutes by far the better team. By far created you know more opportunities. Should should have been more clinical, etc. 
Um, but that referee came to that game and you could tell in the first half that Worthing were not going to win this game. You could just tell by some of the decisions he was doing. Some of the little yellow cards. Oli Pierce is through on goal. Gets taken out of it by Jalen Jones uh, in the penalty area. No penalty. No nothing. He just waves to play on. And then that sort of set the sort of tone for the for the for the rest of the afternoon. And then when you got a penalty, which is scored, and okay, yeah, the uh, player encroached, you you retake it. Mm-hmm. He gave them an indirect free kick on the edge of their box. He didn't know the rules. He went over to his linesman to get it to to sort of justify what he'd just done. And I think the, the linesman must have backed him up. So you got two officials who didn't know the rules. Pete, can I just clarify something? He, he went over to the linesman. Was that the senior of the two linesmen or not? He was just the linesman that was on that side of the pitch. Okay. Because the, the one with the orange flag with the extra trim on it, as far as I know, is the senior of the two linesmen. Right, I don't know about that flag thing, okay. so I can. But but anyway, so yeah, so so basically, he, he just he just awards him a free kick. So obviously, it's that's in within two minutes of this uh, second half starting. So obviously, we two 0 down at that point. Um, so you know that would have made it two one. If if we'd have scored the retake, we don't know, might have, might not. And then obviously, we did get we did get a goal back, and you know you could. I'd say we we, we deserved a lot more from the game, but I think everyone was just shell shots. Um, I was a bit surprised at Adam that you know um, Adam Hinshaw was the manager saying that we can't hide behind the referee's decisions. You know, and I'm like, you know, if I was him, I'd I'd I'd, I'd be calling it out a bit more. But they've got to be careful, Pete. They've got to be careful. That's, that's the can, trouble, isn't it? They can get fined. You can't say anything these days. That's no. I think that's that's the whole. You you, you know from when you used to interview him, you had to, you said the odd question that he kind of had to like swerve because yeah. But at the same time, you've also got this dissent rule as well, and the players are going up to the referee just to ask him something or question him, and the first thing he does pulls the yellow card out. Dissent. So yeah. you can't you can't ask referees questions anymore, and sort of the. It's just it's just inept so far in the games I've seen this season. Just mm. some some totally ridiculous bookings that I've seen for, for for both teams. You know, um Slough had a player sent off the other night. Okay, he'd already been booked, but it was just um a, a coming together mm-hmm. as, as 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 someone was running for the ball. And you know, it it wasn't a yellow card challenge. It was, you know, it was just it was just a foul. And yeah, there he is. Yellow card, red card. Off you, off you go. And dice, uh, slab. Um, yeah. So some, some of the decisions have been totally dreadful, and some of the, the bookings absolutely ridiculous. What I've, what I've seen so far, and I just, I just think that it's, it spoils it as, as Mark White alluded to. You know, it just spoils it. For we haven't talked. We haven't spoken to Mark White yet, have we? Have, have we not yet? But we, <laughs> no, no, we, we, we will be. <laughs> we will be later. But I'm sure he might. He might. He might. He might have something to say. Some anyway, Trev. Trev. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. Um, you know, I can agree with you there, Pete. There was a couple of decisions I've seen in 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 the in, in our games I've been to where the players have been booked for something rather innocuous, rather than something you'd expect a player to be to be booked for. And we've ended up Dean's actually hauled our player off because. The guy's got the booking, 
and he's committed another couple of fouls afterwards, and you can just see that change in the referee's, you know, demeanour that we've ended up substituting a player. It almost cost us against Hartlepool, literally because we didn't want to play with 10 men. Mm. But funny enough, actually, I was at Eastbourne Borough at the, at the weekend. Referee, refereed that game to a tee. But the players, when they kicked the ball away, I think two of them did it early on. Both got yellow cards. It didn't happen after that. He, he absolutely had it spot on. So there are those who are out there. But again, it's that inconsistency. Same level, Pete. That, you know, is what really infuriates me more is that inconsistency. Rather than if else, anyone can have a bad game, referee or a or whatever. But referee, the same rule book all the way through. And just the other thing I wanted to point point, point out as well, more specifically to you, Pete, but open up to the other two as well. When I watched that penalty back, if Luke hadn't decided to do his silly stuff beforehand, I don't think your players would have been encroaching or the referee actually would have been paying more attention to where the ball was going rather than he had that split second to watch that to watch Colburn run into Trev, the area. Trevor, I said mm. this last night. I went to watch the Lionesses game down at the club yesterday, the final of the World Cup, and uh, um, we were talking about Saturday. Obviously, I wasn't there, but I watched the highlights. And the interesting thing, I said that as well. Joel Colbrand, who was a player that was so said to encroach, mm. if you look, he runs in, and then as you say, Luke, yeah. he he does his stutter, yeah. but. As Spencer, as you know, you know Spencer, obviously Pete, you do as well. Um, he was saying to me, that the thing is, is the players know Luke does that, and every penalty he has taken, he took two at the um, county um, charity shield, community shield yeah. thing we had against um, Broadway Chief. He does do that, <laughs> but whether it's a lack of awareness around the squad, you know, does Luke tell the players, look, he does. I when I take a penalty, I'm going to stutter. Uh, and then they know, but or is it they've forgotten about it? It's not because he's a new but, signing; they no, haven't done it. It, it. That doesn't come into it. Yeah, I know it doesn't come into the story. No, 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 but no, we're not saying that. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is Pete, as well, is is as a general thing as well, not just Luke, but is that something that actually winds you up as a player? Just get there, just get there and hit the frigging penalty. Don't fiddle around with it. Yeah, just Just hit it. Just get there and do it. But I I, I just look back at that and I thought, actually, do you know what? If he hadn't started then, you would have been all right. That ball would have gone in the net. You'd have been 2 1 behind, back you go. Um, I'm not yeah. excusing the referee's performance because what followed is what was wrong. But Luke could have, or if the if they haven't talked about it of a squad, that's down to them to have sorted that bit out. But in a way, it could have been it could have been avoided in in, the, in that yeah. actual heat at the moment bit. But completely with you, the referee should have known what he was doing. And again, if he's walked over to a senior linesman out of the two, and he's turned around and gone, "Oh yeah, you got that right." Honestly, the National League have got something wrong with their officiating, as yeah. Mark White will probably tell us later. Pete, yeah. can I ask, um, in the in the immediate aftermath of the incident, was there no reaction from Adam or any of the bench, you know, to try and speak to one of the officials before play restarted? No, no, not not, not at all, really. I think every, uh, I think everyone was just uh, shell shocked. I, uh, yeah. I, I had the assessors a couple of seats in front of me to to my left hand side, um, and they were sort of looking at each other. These referees, assessors, and Barry, uh, their chairman, was sitting by him, and I saw he he engaged in a, a conversation with them. And yeah, it seems bizarre and, that the whole the whole thing seems bizarre in the sense I would have expected someone. From the from your bench or whatever to yeah, but you, 
But you can't now, can you? Because but the referee's the referee's just going to pull a card out and say that's dissent. Yeah. yeah. So you, but, you, you, but could they not have said, look, th this is a this is a wrong decision. You've got this wrong. Check again. Check again. Um, I don't know. Just seems probably right, Chris. They would have got pulled out for dissent. It, it, it would yeah. well. Whoever had said anything from the bench, Hinch gets the card because the manager takes the rap for whoever. But yeah. what I was going to say, James, they need NFL challenge flags. You can lob onto the pitch. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine that? that but... No, but we, we talk about we talk about referees and like you know the all these rules and I think maybe we could ask Mark about that hint hint about uh referees rules and stuff like that. But do you think it could be like, a, a, an occasion in the future? They keep changing stuff and tip like, stupid messing around things that don't need to be changed, but mm. Do we maybe in the future have a referee, a, a coach's challenge, or do we have something, especially when, you know, things like VAR, you know, like that, the thing can a coach then say, hang on a second, that was a foul. The referees, all the things are saying, do they throw a flag, as you say, or would that just too, I mean, we always say there's always this joke about Americanizing the game, but, you know, do, do does that come in the future and does that help? How, how long do you want to slow the game down for? I wouldn't want it at non-league. Oh, well, so, yeah, you wouldn't want it. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's difficult, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, it's it like cool. I think it could be a case of something like that could cost worthy promotion, like something. Yeah, and we always said it, like you know, it could be. Yeah, we were losing anyway. It would have maybe only been one, like a point, but a point could cost promotion, as we yeah. know, like you know, a home playoff tie or you know, avoiding the eliminators, as we so rightly know how close it was for us last season. But you know, Pete. Other than yeah, that, but, no. What they've got to realize, what they've got to realize is at this level, we haven't got VAR. They can't, well, they can't even get that right at the top level, to be honest. Mm. But we haven't got that at this level. So there needs to be something slight, slightly different. <laughs> yeah. I don't sort of quite know where I'm, where I'm going here. I know but... what you mean. It's, it's difficult to yeah. put something on it, isn't it? To say, what's, yeah, what's yeah, the because because there's not a VAR yeah. to, to, to go and refer to if there's a clear and obvious error yeah. or anything. And and that's obviously... basic laws, though, isn't it? It's basic law. Yeah, that's like if that's if we'd have, if if we'd have missed it, it was the right mm -hmm. decision. Yeah, but because the penalty went in, it's a retake. Yeah, mm -hmm. and everybody knows that. We're all getting rules book books out. People in the stand, everyone was trying to work it out, and didn't take long for someone to find it and say it's a retake. It's a retake. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the whole crowd, and then the referee walked off the pitch at the end, and obviously he's getting a bit of grief from from the home fans. And you know what he does? He smiles, just smiles as he walks off the pitch. Really, yeah, to be honest, that could, to be fair, smile. that could be a nervous reaction because he knows he's made a cock up. You know, you don't oh, know. Yeah, know. but yeah, Maybe. I mean, the figures. Well, I think... said we were never going to win that game from yeah. from the first half. We were never going to win that game. Mm. One thing I've noticed since we've moved into the national league setup, um, the referees I've seen so far seem to want to be recognised um, to be seen to be like part of the a, a character in a in an event um, yeah they're, they're the most important part of the game yeah um, there was a guy at Farsley Celtic last Tuesday who to be fair he actually refereed the game okay the penalty we were you know we gave away a penalty in the 92nd minute was it a penalty it was a bit soft on the whole, he, he refereed okay, but he he was kind of winking at people in the you know, and, and it, uh, yeah, it was just look at me, look at me. Um, that's a concern. That's a worry. 
How, how no. have you found the standard board games in, Chris? Um, not bad. Um, not bad. Because the Northern Premier League standard isn't great, if I'm honest. Mm. So the, the bar wasn't set high to start with. So um, it's no worse than what we were used to. Um, but certainly the referees appear to be a bit more cocksure of themselves. That That's the... Uh, the one thing I've noticed anyway. Are you, are you, are you kind of surprised a little bit at the table as well? Farsley and Blythe at the top and, and Darlington and Chester struggling a little bit towards the bottom? Um, I know it's early days, but... It's early, it is early days, so I think I have to like temper any surprise. Anybody can put a run of two or three games together. It's Can you put a run of 23 games together? That's the other thing. Um, so I'm not completely surprised. Certainly surprised at how well... I would say Blythe have done because they, they were they, for me were bankers for relegation. But Graham yeah. um, Fenton has done some good work in the transfer market. Um, basically, JJ Blythe Hooper, at the think, moment. Hasn't he? Pardon? JJ Hooper, I think, hasn't he? Guess who got injured on Saturday? Oh, really? Oh, season's yeah. done then. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's basically it's actually become a bit of a Shields old boy Shields old boys there. Um, so we'll see how it goes there. I still think they'll struggle a little bit as the season wears on. Yeah. But um, I've, been, I've just been impressed with the the standard. It is a little bit quicker. There's a lot more quality um, than what was in the Northern Premier League because it's a level closer to the football leagues. There are a lot more ex-football league or current loanees yeah. Um, yeah. coming down. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far. It's been great. No, it's been good. Um, Pete, just wrapping up the bit about Worthing, we've, we've had a good start there, haven't we? Forgetting Saturday, you know, some great results against Torquay. I mean, that was a day that I think will live in the club's sort of memory for a long time, don't you? Thanks to the ref again. <laughs> Here he goes. <laughs> Pete, leave it alone. No, it was it, no, it was that that was a great day. That was that was a great day, uh, and and you know, uh, we we. We could we could have scored a, a, a lot more than we did. We could have could have scored six or seven. You know, it says to where their goalkeeper got man of the match. <laughs> so mm. yeah, it, yeah. Shows, it shows how much we. But um, Torquay, yeah, obviously since that, I think they've had a, two wins since. Yeah. Um, so they're sort of bouncing back from that sort of iffy start. But I always said that was, the teams that are relegated, I think you always want to play them at the beginning of the season. Um, when they're sort of getting yeah. getting getting used to it, etc., yeah. and they probably had players leave and bringing new bodies in, um, so that probably benefited us as well. But cracking little stadium, crack, cracking atmosphere that saw key fans made. Um, yeah, fully enjoyed the day out, except for the coach journey. It was a long old day, but then obviously day. uh beating Slough convincingly four one on Tuesday night. You know, to make it three wins out of three is enough a sort of way to get points in the points in the bank. Yes, so away again. Um, the performance was nowhere near as good as as Torquay or on the opening day. Um, don't think we we're at our best at all. Tough um, ask though, Pete, isn't it? Two in, sorry? two in. I oh, it's a tough ask, isn't it? Though two yeah. in three days, especially long journey down to Torquay and then away to Slough again. Yeah, yeah, it's always gonna be tough. So I th- the four one, I th- you know, probably flattered us a little bit to be honest. But it's the ball in the back of the net that counts. Um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm no. more than happy with a start. Um, like I say, Saturday's a bit of a gutter, but 
should have should have been different. But we 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 move on to Dover on Saturday. My, hey, your favourite. My, my favourite. Can't wait for that one. Get over it. Anyway, I've told him. I've told him before. I told him last season. Just get. Don't tell them. Just put your headphones on and do some stuff. But I understand. They're not going to know. And even if they, and even if they say to me, what are they going to do? They're not going to know exactly who you are unless you make a song or dance about it. Just put your headphones on. Like you've got on now, you've got those headphones with a microphone and headphones. Just do it that way. <laughs> just pretend you're talking to yourself. Just say you've got Tourette's. And then... Or you could do what we do. Or we've just we've just got some new equipment where you just use your phone. Go on Mixler. Create a Mixler um, account. We've got one of them. Yep. <laughs> Get the, you can get these new microphones that you you plug a receiver into the uh, yeah. your charging port, and you've got two yeah. microphones that go on your lapel. And yeah, you, yeah, you got you, Chris. You got to remember Pete. Free. Pete's a narcissist and wants one microphone to himself and himself only. He doesn't want anyone else to have he a microphone. Have one. <laughs> but then you can actually give a microphone to your colleague. I know, you know he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. That's what I'm saying. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> he yeah. wants. He wants pure control. <laughs> It's it's called the dump button. It's called the dump button. But yeah, no, I, I we, we it's the lapel mics, uh, Chris. Yeah, we've got them on. Yeah, uh, we use them so, for the pod podcast. It's a pretty good piece of equipment. Good, so you could, you could just sit wherever you want in the ground and just look yeah. as though you're talking to yourself. Mm. Exactly. So I said, Pete, you know, even the thing you're using now is it got is that a plug in with uh, a microphone socket or is that in the back of yeah. bottom of your? So yeah, you, could, got, yeah. you could you could do that on your phone if you tried it on your phone. Of course you can. Of course you can. Yeah, use it on your phone. Just do that. No one's going to know. You just have to pay to get in. But apart from that, just do it. Do it. Yeah, just do it. Why not? Anyway, moving on, Chris. Um, as we said, like we touched on it, National League uh, North uh, Shields. Uh, was it what? Uh, two wins, one loss, one draw. How you find yeah. it so far? Good. As I said, uh, enjoyed it. We should have won at Farsley on Tuesday night. I wasn't at Boston, so I can't comment on that. Um, what I can say on that one, it was just mistakes cost us in the first half. Um, but what I've seen so far, I've been very encouraged by. Um, Saturday we played Scarborough, who were old friends of ours, and they they've had a, they've had one extra season in the National League set up, and I was disappointed by them, if I'm honest. Um, I expected more from them. They came and literally kind of parked the proverbial, played a, a bank of four, a bank of five, and allowed allowed our back line to just bring the ball from the edge of the box to the halfway line and ultimately it cost them if you look at Tom Broadbent's goal on Saturday which is now doing the, the rounds all over social media not too shabby and mainstream that one. media pardon Trev? I said not too shabby that one that that was that a was worldie a, that was a worldie but Scarborough have only got themselves to blame because that was what we were allowed to do for the whole game doesn't matter whether it was Tom Broadbent, Gary Little or whoever they were allowed to bring the ball um, all the way to halfway before there was any kind of press. So, I w- as I say, I was a bit disappointed from Scar- by Scarborough. I was expecting a little bit more. Or having said that, the irony is, um, our goalkeeper had his best game of the season. He made three tremendous saves. But other than that, the, the Scarborough didn't really do anything. So yeah, it's been a great start. Um, I've got no complaints other than yeah, the penalty we conceded at Farsley in injury time was a bit soft, but. If someone had said to me in July, you're going to go into the bank holiday weekend with seven points from four games, he's like, yeah, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah, has, um, has the quality you've seen so far been different from the Northern Premier? Yeah, yeah. Higher standard, much sharper. Teams are fitter. 
Um, yeah, I've been impressed. I've been impressed. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it could, from what I've seen so far, it's going to be a lottery as to who's going to go. It might change as we go into October, November, but from what I've seen so far, this Shields have, Shields have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear whatsoever. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Right. It's the 50th episode, as we all know. Um, Chris, as we uh, said um, back in back in the beginning, you, you joined us after Ronnie made a, a guest appearance because you can call in the guest now. We've had 50 episodes. And for as we spoke during the week, we, we will um, get some of our favourite guests of all time on. So the first guest, without further ado, he's the owner, the chairman and manager of one of the South's most sort of, I'd say, well-known clubs due to a YouTube documentary, which we had on a Southern Special last year. Mr. Mark White joins us on the Premier Non-League podcast as a special guest. Um, guys, as we said, one of the best guests we had on and then to have him come down to our live event in March was fantastic, wasn't it? He's box office, isn't he? He's Absolute brilliant. box office. He's says, says what he thinks. Absolutely, yeah. Gets himself into a bit of trouble with it, bless him. But, um, you know... It, if if a few more people, I think we're we're allowed to be a little bit more honest and open. Um, you know, I'd imagine if you if you actually like you yeah, you know like you said speaking to um uh, Howard Webber that the National League thing. Um, you know if 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 you could sit down with some of these people in in a room and actually go right, look, this is the problem. You know, it's in front of us. You're just sitting on the sidelines doing it. I wouldn't be surprised if it then made such a, an easier you know, an easier game for everyone to watch. No, he's always, as you say, box office and we've loved having him on and it sounds like um, he loves coming on. So without further ado, Mr. Mark White. Are you PNLP? So as you know, it is the 50th episode and uh, we decided as a team to get the best guests we've ever had on the Premier Non-League podcast. And one of those was Dorking Wanderers manager and owner Mark White. Um, he's joining us live now. Thank you, Mark, so much for coming on. It's always I a appreciate pleasure. You saying, uh, I appreciate you saying off air that I'm the, the number one guest, but you want to position it that I'm one of. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> how, how did you think I'd get such a man of your calibre on the podcast? I had to give you a bit of an well, ego boost, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, this is it, mate. No, I appreciate being asked back on, lads. No, we, we honestly, yeah. We really one enjoyed it. One of the non-stiff ones. Yeah, no, we really enjoy when you've been on, Mark. You know, obviously you came to our event in Horsham in March, our first ever live event, as we were saying off air. It's, um, uh, though that will not be repeated next time. We'll actually get a microphone at works and can play it out to the public. And, uh, yeah, he came on our summer specials, which had some great feedback. So um, thank you for being a part of our journey on this non-league podcasting, because there's a few out there and we we, we know we got, when whenever we had you on, we've had some great, great feedback. So thank you for sort of helping us grow our listeners and no worries. Uh, being part of a fantastic podcast. But Mark, um welcome back on as we are now it's a uh, 21st of august we're recording uh, a new season i'm sure we're gonna have your thoughts of it but what we wanted to do is sort of ask you when you were last on our summer special it was uh just after you won promotion from the national league south into the national league how have the past sort of year and a bit been as a, a national league football club owner and uh chairman and all that well definitely the toughest time definitely the toughest time on record really um we had to we had to develop our ground to stay in the league and we had to finish outside the bottom four to stay in the league. And at one point, both looked pretty unlikely, to be honest. And so so off the field, we were raising funds to develop a, an away end and toilets and items such as that, all the planning consents that go with it. And on the field, we had a great start, but 
we took a gamble. We didn't um we didn't um sign anyone really at all. We had no time at all between the playoff final, which was delayed because of COVID previously. Mm-hmm. We had about two weeks before pre-season training. So we didn't really sign anyone. We thought we'd do that obligatory Wanderers year of consolidation. Um, then we lost our top striker. Uh, we had a massive setback with our captain. Uh, missed about 12 weeks on the eve of the season. Centre midfielder missed 12 weeks. The, the, the list goes on. Basically, we um, we was doing all right, even despite that. And then after Christmas, we just broke in half, really. We couldn't cope. And as as I know that you boys are now, and Trev in particular with Barnet, this is an unforgiving league. I always remember seeing Woking, top of this league, and just watch them slide down it week after week. Yeah. Um. So it's an unforgiving league. And see, if you're not, constantly developing what you're doing somebody else will be albeit new chairman new owners new managers new players it's constant so we're in the shit um feb march proper in the shit uh they sort of is this their first relegation got floated about um and uh we then had to go and we then had to go and sign a few boys um in honesty, that, that got us out of the shit, to be quite frank. Um, and um, Jason Pryor, Tony Craig, George Frank, and Aaron Kuehl. Um, and then we finished, actually, a healthy 16th, which, when, when all-encompassing what had been before us, it was actually a really respectable finish, but very stressful. We just passed the grading as well. So far too much stress for my liking, mate. I'd much rather win it by 20-odd points. Yeah. Well, what wasn't you, that what famous word? What's the famous word? I was just saying that famous line you said at the end of the last episode of a bunch of amateurs when you, uh, when you, uh, when you, when you won promotion on that dramatic playoff final was we're going to go fucking win it. What happened? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, listen. Yes, yeah, so, so we, well, listen. We have to set our sights high. There's yeah, no, course. there's no, there's no um, disputing. This is a proper league. I've yeah. got to say. Like, if it weren't, I'd say it's shit because we've been in a few shit leagues in the last few years, to be honest with you. I would argue that the top, as many as the top eight or nine in the Ishmael Prem would be mid-table in the south. Um, there, there's some sort of fag papers between leagues, if that makes sense. Mm. But if you go into this one, it's a different echelon altogether, mate. And... Um, We've had to, that probably our biggest achievement really was, was to stay in this league last year. Yeah. Mark, would it would it have been a disaster if you had actually got, got relegated uh from the spot you know sponsorships and, and, and all the rest of it? A bloody good question. I was asking that. It's a really good question. I think the answer is yeah, because I think what you sort of don't really think about when you get promoted to this division is that it's the TV deals deals that go with it. I mean, look, they're not life-changing, but the TV deal gives you national exposure. The The type of league it is means that the, the average attendances go up, which means the burgers and beers go up. So if there was one level where the commercials really go up, it's this league, and you wouldn't want to get relegated. And that was one of my things as owner, um, chairman. When we was in the shit, I looked at it and thought, you wouldn't want to get relegated from this league. 
you really wouldn't. Um, and, and, I, and I see, actually, believe it or not, the next step now, if you look at League Two, TV deal, I think, has just been trebled, effective next season. More money coming in from the Premier League than ever before. It's another really good commercial jump. So I can see why so many clubs in our division put so much against it. Mark, you found, like you said, everything was really relentless. And I mean, you know, funny enough, between us Barnet fans, we call it the Bastard League because that actually what it is. But what was the one biggest thing that really surprised you last year where you thought, shit, we've got to be on our game a bit more of this, more than anything else? I think, mate, another good, great question. That's why I come on here, you see. You've actually got the <laughs> questions. Um, it was just the level of organisation. So... I think in the whole division, you only had really not even a handful of teams that were poorly coached or managed and everybody else was well-coached, well-organised, well-managed and if they weren't doing it, they were doing something about it. I mean, you've only got to look at the, I think, the bottom four. When it got to Feb or March, Scunthorpe had bought a new owner in. Yeah. Torquay started winning every single bloody game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was that that the league's just relentless. Like everybody's at it, you know. You never get anyone give up the ghost. Like in some divisions, you think, oh yeah, you know, they packed it in now. <laughs> this league is relentless. So I think it was the quality travel round of the management teams, and obviously being full time. You know, the I now understand the time that they have to put against the planning, mm. and it's invaluable. You know. So, bearing in mind with that, what's the biggest thing you've taken into this season to maybe push yourself up another four, five, six, seven, eight, ten places? Yeah, I think I think we've got to go. We've got to go full time. I actually think you're better off full time on a lower budget than part time on eighty percent of that budget. If that mm. makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there are, I've learned this as well, like there's, and again, I'm learning on the job. And I listen to people like you, Trev, friends and that, and and, and I take on board what people tell me. Um, there's so many young pros that want to be in full-time football. Mm. Um, and, you know, you've only got to look at what some clubs do. They operate full-time. They're very clever with how they do it. Giving opportunities for people to bounce back in the league you know, or make the grade and get in the league. And then they sort of pad it out with a few, I'm going to call it big names, around the edges. I can see what people do. I can see how that works. And um, we're doing a couple of mornings at the moment, to be honest. Honestly, don't like it. I don't like it. doesn't work in my book for me. I've already decided that I'd rather that be like a, a normal sort of full-time structure and I don't think it cost a lot more to do it we'd have to say goodbye to a few lads but in reality it's like throwing out old pairs of shoes to a degree you might have fucking loved them and you don't want to throw them out but with the direction they're going in no one's fucking wearing them you sound like my wife <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I mean well, it's, just... it's horrible it's horrible the transition's horrible 
Yeah. Mark, just from another sort of angle here, like, you know, obviously we never would have sort of said you don't want to take a promotion. But, you know, for example, down at Worthing, we're, we're planning on sort of what the club wants is the next sort of three to five years to go full time to really give it a good go. Do you think, uh, you know, Dawkins achieved that promotion too early and you would have preferred to have maybe been at the full time angle before going into the National League? Or would you have still taken as what you have now? Yeah, I think I think what I spoke to Barry Hunter the other week, and I think that that mindset of doing it now is really clever, really good. I, th I think it was I spoke to Dominic, Dominic De Paolo, yeah, and I'm pretty certain it was him that told me that he'd done some work randomly for the Chorley, someone at Chorley. Trev, they finished bottom, didn't they, one year? Uh, yeah, two or three years ago they did. Yeah, went down and came back up again. I think three years ago. Yeah, and 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 the thing that he said was that he said he wished they'd gone the setup was there before they went in the league. But I'm I'm looking to really transition it quite quickly, like now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether we'll get to full time or whatever we might do, but I want to make sure the boys we've got. Uh... The other thing as well is that. And again, this is fucking hell. Whoever listens to this is going to get a great intel. I've not talked about this anywhere, but... <laughs> it's, uh... Selling point. Well, no, but the thing is, like, it's um, it's true. Like, the mornings are great. And if, the, if my lads are listening, at the moment they're going to be thinking they have to get their CVs out. But the bottom line is... <laughs> the bottom line is they've still got two jobs. And that don't... To, most of them have. I think I've only got about maybe three or four that haven't. And that, if anything, to a degree, I could argue it puts more pressure on them than the evenings. Yeah. So they've still got mental distractions. It's, I, want, I want to get, I think in this league, you need your boys in front of you, fully-fledged footballers, head down, get on with it. That's where I'm at with it, really. I'm learning quickly. So, Matt, this, the start of this season hasn't been fantastic for you um, so far. I've been keeping me on your squad. You haven't actually brought that many players in, have you, as yet? Is that something you're looking at? Or? Yeah. Do you know what the reason is? Because we signed four at the back end of the season. Hmm. Uh, I think we, we only lost one in 12, I'm going to say, at the back end. We had really good form, top three form, with those new signings. Plus, I knew we had a few injured boys returning long-term. So I kind of took the opinion would sit on what we've got. If I'm honest with you, I'm just being frank. I've not been in the dugout. I've not been in the stadium. I think it's no disrespect to anybody else, but I think it makes a big difference. I don't think I realised how big a difference it would make, but it does. How long are you been for, Mark? How long have you got left? I'm back now and I'm angrier than ever. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't wait. <laughs> oh, Pete, I would love to see Mark at uh, Worthing's game on Saturday with the referee's decision. I don't know if you heard about that, Mark. He, uh, oh, he yeah, did. I did hear about it. Yeah. No, no, no. I did hear about it. It's he a fucking <laughs> unbelievable, mate. Do you know what it is, though, mate? It's just a shame for football. Yeah. Football, it, the, the loser really is football. It's Worthing one week, Dorking the next, whoever else the next. Was it Wolves the other week? Goal disallowed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, mate. Yeah. You know that penalty. No, no, Stonewall. Stonewall penalty against Man United, wasn't it? Like at the end of the day, VAR. Yeah. Down, they got they got banned for this weekend's games. I mean, uh, yeah, I we had. That, um, yeah. Sorry. We had um, referee last year that 
admitted to getting confused with what the latest law change was in the heat at the moment. Should have sent someone off, didn't. And I find it just a shame on the game because I made a point at the uh, league meeting with, um, I always got to call him Harry Hill, but it's Howard Webb. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, a, that's a genuine confusion. It's not a looky, likey thing. But, but like, um, and I made the point, I, I, I am genuinely passionate about it. That mm. I'm not that stupid that I just shout my mouth off all the time. Um, I often do it just for effect. But like I said to Howard, like ultimately, like the they, they've got a big issue with the shortage of referees and stuff like that, you know. And I sort of said that I really feel like the laws of the game are driving the participant behaviour in general. Yeah. Um, I said that has to be the case. If not, then every sport would have a would have a participant problem. If that makes sense, um, and I just said that I think it's a big responsibility on the game to make the laws simpler, put more pressure on applying the laws they've got, making sure people understand exactly what's what. Howard Webb, I'm telling you now, is a seriously impressive man. Mm. When he talked, I've never been mesmerised by an official before in a good way. And I made the point that said, mate, the thing is, like, you represent 0.0000001% of officials. And what you put in place at the top, not only has it got to be, you know, the beacon for everything else, it's got to be transferable. It's got to be understandable to the to, to park referees. So massive shortage of people in the game. Uh, I think the game's getting more and more difficult to officiate with constant changes. Um, I think the participants get more and more frustrated. The officials, I'll be off my high horse in a minute, have to extend the podcast. <laughs> Anytime, Mike, it's fine. We had it, bu- we had the, it buffered in. <laughs> the solution, the solution at the moment that the, that the PGMOL have got in place is to continue to prohibit participants. So that's me, anyone that's involved in football. So you get fined more for speaking more, you get less yellow cards for suspension. It's easier to get a yellow card. So they're obsessed with punishing the participant, right? And less obsessed with making the game better and making the laws of the game better and simpler and more transferable. I said to them, look, you can't change the rules on a handball three times in six years. You can't change whether a last man... Is a red card or not a red card? Again, a couple of times in five years. You can't change standing in front of the ball to book in one year, it's not the next. Mm. I said, you can't make that many changes and think you're in full control because you can't be. These mm. are laws, fundamental laws of the game. So so um I would say I don't know what the fucking question was now. I fucking could have could have been about anything. I just took the opportunity. <laughs> I just took the chance to talk about efficiency. <laughs> What I don't want to, who asked me what I don't know. It was about the Worthing goal, wasn't it? You know, but the thing is, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, as you look at it, like that could come to the end of the season. Some decision like that, yeah, it probably would have been a draw at the end of the day. But you know, a decision like that could have been the, the um, the difference between promotion or staying in the league. And you know, okay, you got things like VAR in the, the professional leagues, but you know, as you said, I think this this consistent changing of rules every season to be fair to referees is confusing them as well and hence the reason it gets abusive and then when they get something completely wrong like they have it'll hell break right, that's, that, that, that's exactly what they say James that's exactly what they say that all the referees that are honest say 
say they, they want the laws to be left alone as well. Problem is, a lot of the laws are changing, mate. They're changing them like, um, you know, with this kind of like Hollywood Premier League in mind. Mm. And, and that yeah. doesn't really represent football. And it's difficult. Do you know what I mean? So, no, I, I, I hope they find their feet with it. This year, we've seen the classic added time. Oh, that, oh that's bloody the best hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First game at Chesterfield with us, they added on 14 minutes. Yeah, we had That 12. was, did you, right. So, 14 minutes, 12 minutes. So, that's one third of an entire half. Mm. I reckon if someone got shot, they'd get them out of there before that. Right? <laughs> 14 minutes, and I asked the National League that night, got multiple complaints from clubs. And the National League admitted that the PGMOL had not explained at all what the rationale was. And that's, that's I think that's the bit people find frustrating, is just not actually sharing and people understanding what's going on. They said at the meeting, they're going to add on, they're going to stop the clock for goals and substitutions. That's what they said. And I thought, don't mind that, because it's inevitable that happens in every game. Yeah. If you stop the clock, you know where you stand. They said about a player injured can't come back on for 30 seconds. Drew mm -hmm. is out with that, stops cheating, but at the same time, it punishes somebody injured, right? Mm -hmm. Next minute, first game of the season, fucking, it's like the OK Corral. Like, <laughs> no one knows what's going on. I said, is it basketball? Like, what, what's going on? So it's just, it's just, it's this persistence with not leaving it alone. And the final mm. thing I'll say is this, right? A good ref knows how to tackle time. Have you ever seen it in a game? When a ref is warned somebody once, then he spoke to the captain and he says to the captain, next bloke that does it, it could be anybody, he's getting a yellow. And the captain sorts his shit out. You must yeah. have seen that before, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great referees use what they've got available to them, mm. right? That's what they do. Same with dissent. You don't have to have sim bins because you've got cards, right, at step five. Use the card, know what dissent is. That's it. And I feel, I feel like a lot of what they do is always trying to, you know, almost paper over what they don't do. It's frustrating. Yeah. No. Mark, before we start wrapping this interview up, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about. Obviously, we know uh, Dorking have recently released uh, the investment programme to become an owner within the club. How? I mean, I've read today over 500 people have invested, um, a great sort of set of investment for you. How did that all come about? Um, well, basically, I think we just looked at um, where we are as a club. We yeah. want to add in key infrastructure. We've obviously built the club for nothing. We're really proud of that. And we get loads of support from people like Use. Um, but as you'd know from Worthing and, you know, you know, there's no rich benefactors here. No. If we're going to build the club off the field infrastructure, then we need to bring in not just money, but people. And I feel like that doubles up as protecting the club as well. We've seen what's happened to Oldham, uh, Macclesfield, Berry. I mean, Chesterfield, it happened to them. Stockport, um, Southend have got troubles at the moment. I feel like clubs, it sounds bloody, you know, morbid to say it, but they are there before and after all of us. We are only over the custodians, whether it be supporter, owner, whatever it might be. So I kind of, we kind of felt like adding in 
you know, loads of people to add value to the club for the future would put, yeah. was, was stand us in good stead. And that that's really the purpose behind it. And we can invest in some key infrastructure. When when you talk about key infrastructure, I've noticed on the um sort of reading the news that you um you're trying to buy Meadow Bank now. Um, I drive past through Dorking every time I go to work up at Heathrow Airport every every day. I go up to there and I've noticed picks and mills uh, with all your branding all over with the new development it's, there. With it's, Jer- it's not on your route, is it, James? You just want to see if Mark's there. <laughs> I just wave it. I look out the window. I try. I wave every day. I hope Mark waves back. <laughs> no, you know, but um, I've noticed that Picks and Mills has got your branding all over the sort of hoardings outside. Um, from what I understand, was Picks and Mills originally where you wanted to build a new ground, which wasn't um was wasn't granted by the council, and and you know this Meadowbank uh, purchase from the council as well. Like, can you give us a little bit of inside, well, not inside information, but information about that whole project. Or those. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. We obviously we. We Picks and Mills was a runner. It was more preferred, really, by everybody locally, local government, etc., and, and and the key people in the town that the football club stays in the town, uh, town centre. So we undertook, um, you know, purchasing Medibank from the local authority. Sorry if they are the um, head tenants there at the moment, um, and it's widely known that they've not been over the moon with that, even though their position wouldn't change at the site. They've got a head tenancy. Um yeah. but yeah, we 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 wanna we wanna we wanna purchase the ground. I think it, it puts you in charge of your own destiny, we're we're calling it really. We mm. are a really well run football club. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And um we've done a great job with Metabank as subtenants for four or five years. Oh it's a lovely ground. Yeah. Yeah, we feel like we can. We've invested in it nearly a million pound. So we've invested wow. nearly a million pound into something that somebody else owns. So it just made sense really to to, to purchase it, and um, that's all at the moment going through. Yeah, because I saw with Picks and Mills, there was a, I, I did a little bit of research when I saw the signs going up. Because as they're driving past, waving at you every day, as uh, Pete says, <laughs> I, uh, I um I saw that you know that came out of nowhere. I know it was um Aviva or something was in there for a long time, and I did see that there was a sort of graphic that Dorking released was it about a year or two years ago of a nice sort of ground surrounded by the Surrey Hills, and you know that would have been a lovely thing. So was that just a sort of was it a no goer or was it you, just the Meadowbank was a preferred option? Yeah, I think Meadowbank was a preferred option in the centre of town. Um, you know, I think that's the thing. Yeah, It really was that. It wasn't so much Pixon being a no-go. Um, actually, it's quite a nice uh, nice site. It is literally right by the station. Yeah. I mean, you come off the platform in the ground. It was already built up, so you wouldn't really have mass planning problems there. It was more a case of starting from scratch. Uh, would be more money, and also taking the the taking it away from the town centre, albeit yeah. not far. It does make a big difference to. It's our still town. quite a walk, isn't it, from uh, the town? Yeah, and it, it makes a difference to the vibrance on a match day, and we like that. So, never yeah. say never. You know these things work. Yeah, of course. Just to wrap up, Mark, if Dorking aren't going to win the title, who do you fancy for it? And I'm not don't say one, don't I'm say Barnet to try and get him to fish. He just wanted a, he wanted an ego boost. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be boring and say Chesterfield, but mm. what I'm gonna say is, I think I know you're gonna agree with me, Trev. We normally agree. 
I think you could lose a lot of games this year and win the league. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Right. I, yeah. So my thoughts are, if you can lose maybe six or seven games, maybe even eight and win the league, you know, would there be anyone better positioned than Chet? Would Chesterfield lose more than six or seven games a season? Not sure they will. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of feel like almost by law of averages that the overall better team will probably get there because I think there's more scope for losing. That mm. might sound fucking confusing, but I know what I mean. No, I know what you mean, yeah. Know what you you mean, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, well, compared to last year, where we had obviously County and Wrexham just didn't know how to lose, did they? Exactly, yeah. So you kind of look at it and feel like teams in the playoffs could lose nine, ten games, you know, and someone that wins it five or six, maybe more. So that's the way I look at it. Um, def definitely going to be really close. Mm. Going to be really close for sure. Be interested. Mark, thank you so much, as per usual, for your... Cheers, we just, we just love... No, no, don't be silly. We love, we love getting you on the podcast. So thank you, as I said, for your support. Uh, you, were, you were the best guest we've ever had on the 50 episodes. I'll say that to you now, yeah. The number one guest. And that, that, we'll get you a little plaque for next time we see you. can put it above your desk at Meadowbank. So, uh, Cheers, Mark, boys. Good, good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, we'll Mark. catch up soon, mate. Take Cheers, care. Chaps. See you later. Cheers, yeah, mate. Cheers, boys. I'm off skis. Thanks, mate. Take care Signing of yourself. Somebody. See you in a bit. Watch out. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Brilliant. The Premier Non-League Podcast. I mean, it's always great to hear from Mr. Mark White. He just does it's never ceases to make us laugh. And I do apologise for any bad language using that. But come on, if you were going to listen to this podcast and you knew Mark White was going to be on it, you know there's going to be some bad language, didn't you, chaps? Absolutely. <laughs> it goes about saying, doesn't it? But yeah, no, fantastic. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, we look forward to having you on future episodes. Um, and, you know, you always add to a bit. And it's just, yeah, there we go. We've got some exclusive on there, guys. So... Um, he likes leaking a bit of info for us, so fantastic. Um, and he didn't rant about refs that much, as much as fact I have to cut some out. But you know, um, guys, as we said, it's a 50, 50 episode special tonight. You know, we're, without our usual stuff, we've got a little bit of talking stuff. There's not much time to cover much stuff, but we thought we'd get the guests on. And one of our favourite footballers we've had on here, and just we've, I mean, as I said, Trev's bad mouthed me at many occasions. He's seen me because he doesn't think I'm a friend of his anymore because I don't come see Cray what and stuff. I say? He's I playing just for go them. And watch Dicko wherever he is. He just happens. Yeah, to well, I think I think there's a there's calling me not a friend. There's calling you a stalker. So you know we could have two different scenarios here, couldn't we? Mate, he loves to see me. Yeah, okay. That's what stalkers <laughs> say, don't they? I think that's normally think, what they say in court. Yeah, I think, I think as well. And I'll ask him when he comes on. I think every time I've seen him play, he's scored. Oh, so you always good luck, Fwen. Then, oh, yeah, well, appears so. See, this is why I'm yeah, around, there, you know? yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that is that is what stalkers say. And that's when you hear the, the things in court, you hear that you see the court papers and see like that. But guys, we've had some good times with Chris Dix, and we had him on obviously. It's one of was it, uh. Was it a summer? No, it wasn't a summer special. We no, just had him. We had him on just ones, at the early days. He was one of our yeah. first guests when we were getting guests on the interview. You know, I I loved the fact chatting to him, being being playing for Charlton in the past, and obviously being around the non-league system now. And then we got him on when Hornchurch won the FA Trophy, which was just a fantastic achievement for him and the club. And uh, it, it's a it's a funny thing. Hornchurch just seem to be kicking around at the sort of top of the ESPN again. They've done another decent-ish start, haven't they? Yeah, changed managers as well, haven't they this summer? Mm. Yeah, but I think I think I 
think I think last season, and I was speaking to the Avely assistant manager on Saturday, and I can't remember his name there, um, about Hornchurch, and just just we're talking about referees' decisions. Funny enough, <laughs> and he, we were saying that that decision at Horsham last season from the back pass, yeah. and then the goal was disallowed. Yeah. That that really knocked the stuffing out of him. And you know he sort of felt the same as well. He said, "Yeah, it's just a, you know, really bad decision." And sometimes it, decisions can take a thing for players mentally to yeah. get over if they feel they've had an injustice done against them. Mm-hmm. But Dicko, as we said, has been a fantastic guest for us over the past three years on the Premier League podcast. So without further ado, Chris Dixon. Are you PNLP? Mr. Chris Dixon joins us now on the Premier League podcast. You're looking well, mate. How are you doing? Not bad. I'm not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Well, I was actually, as... watch... I was actually, I was actually watching a podcast and then I was like, oh, snap, I've got to do my own one. I've got to jump on my own one. <laughs> Chris, that's very disappointing. You should have had Premier League podcast in your brain all day today. I mean, do we not have that effect on you? No, 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 no. I did remember that. <laughs> yeah. Your third appearance on here, Chris, and the thing is, the reason we thought we'd get you on is our 50th anniversary episode. And, I'll say this now because Mark White's not on the line, but I said uh, Mark was our favourite guest ever just to entertain Mark White's like, you know, his ego and stuff like that. But we're now saying Chris Dixon's our favourite ever uh, podcast just to entertain your ego. But we, we've had <laughs> we've had some guests on over time and, you know, without a shadow of doubt, the first two names came out, you, you're the first guy that came out. We said, let's get him back on. Let's talk to him about what's been going on the first last couple of years since we've had you on. Because we last had you on when you won the FA Trophy with Hornchurch. And, uh, and in a, in a nice possible way, Chris, you've moved about a little bit since then, haven't you? Yeah, it's been um it's Where been haven't an interesting you been? <laughs> one. It's been an interesting one because obviously um I'd say since obviously the FA trophy, um I was obviously looking at venturing into obviously my, my own personal business and and obviously expanding that. So with that, it was a bit <laughs> It was a difficult one with Hornchurch and, and and having to leave initially, and then obviously I've gone back. I ended up going back, and um, I was obviously offered certain certain scenarios in other clubs where I thought, yeah, you know, it's going to help my business, going to expand my business. And Hornchurch obviously were happy with me, obviously going and saying, look, listen, it's, it's, you're going for the right interest, but came full circle, came back, and then and obviously uh, and now it's like we're at the final hurdle, the curtain call, as we as we call it. Yeah, well, you're ever from Belvedere now because I know Trev was there. And Trev, you you said something off air that you 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 like to remind Chris of, didn't you? About uh, something every time you watch him play. Yeah, I'm sure you scored every time I've seen you play since that FA Trophy game. Wherever you've been, Hornchurch, Cray, Iris. I'm Serious? Sure. Yeah, I, I think so. I'll I'll be surprised if it is. Now, I haven't looked it up, but it just rankles that I think that's right. Trev, like you need to come down every week from now on. Do you know what I mean? Every every week. But I did. I did say this. This is a stalker tendencies, isn't it? He, he uses it an excuse, but isn't that kind of stalker tendencies? <laughs> I, I was a bit concerned when I saw him a little handsome. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Then, there you go. Then, Thank you very much. Then, and then he said, "I live around the corner." I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Cool, cool, cool." But yes, no, 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 no. I actually, I actually came to see Skeffers that day, not you. But you know, you were <laughs> oh, Scorpion. <laughs> have you, uh, Chris? Have you not seen? There's this little um secret Facebook group. It's called MrDicko.com fan page, and Trevor's the uh, its founder and um sole <laughs> member of that page. <laughs> really, really, yeah. yeah. Surely, <laughs> surely not. 
James can't find it because he forgets what you look like. He hasn't seen. No, you yeah, yeah. Long. Well, I know. I know. Last time Trev saw you, you slagged me off for not being there, so I apologise. But you know, play, oh, be, people to go play C. But um, Chris, so Erif, how's it going so far this season? Obviously, you scored a couple of that friendly you played against a little. Was it friendly, Trev? Was it? Uh, season no, FA yeah, Cup. FA Cup. FA Cup. So you, you, and it was a convincing win over there. So how's it going? Because you didn't you join Erif previously, and you know something didn't work out. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, so when I first left yeah. Hornchurch, um, yeah. I went to I went to Erith, um again. Like Erith is my local club, the first my local lo- yeah. local club, the first club I ever signed for when I was a youth team player for the Donkeys decades ago, and um, yeah. So when I went there for the first time, it was it was off the basis of it was going to benefit my work. Um, I mean, I, they were in the league below beforehand, and the league below they are where we are now. And it wasn't really fitting in regards to the football and my work. Like my work was perfect, but the football side of it wasn't working for me. And I was so I ended up ended up leaving literally within probably about a week or so because it's like yeah. Um, but then I was obviously ended up going to um, what did I end up going to? Cray Wanderers, Cray Wanderers again, unbelievable experience, and and it and that was a good experience, but. Then I've gone back to Villariki, then back to Hornchurch, and then come full circle back to Erif. Erif are now promoted, so um, it's been it's been an interesting preseason, getting to know new players again, new faces. Obviously, it's a drop down in level in the level, but I mean, for me, it's it's like I said, I'm I'm actually on the other side of things now, where I'm where I'm trying to guide and help players as much as I'm as much as I want to take take things on my shoulders and try and win games by myself if I, if I can, but. End of the day, it's about pushing the next generation as well, and that's what I do on a day to day basis anyway. So on a day to day basis, I obviously I do one to one coaching as well as personal training with my business. So it, it comes hand in hand when I'm working with these young player, younger younger generation players in the area. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's easier for me. Yeah. Was an opportunity to sign for Cray last year, Chris, because you went on the pre season tour, didn't you, to Jersey? And I thought, oh, I thought thought he's going to sign then, and then. I messaged Smudge and he went, no, he's not. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so um, I was with Cray pretty much all pre-season. All pre-season, yeah. went to Jersey. Um, and for one reason or another, we just we couldn't come to couldn't come to an agreement. Um, and, then, and then I, I obviously told Smudge, well, Bill Ricky are interested in taking me. And he was like, you've got to go. And I was like, okay, but you do realise we're playing each other in the first game of the season, right? Yeah, and he was like, he was like, yeah, okay, cool. See you on the first day of the season. I was like, so as a footballer, I know how this goes now. I, I pretty much because I've been around too long to not know this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have an impact on the game somehow, and we're going to win. And obviously, I've got a lot of time to smudge. So it was he, he came in and he, and he obviously spoke to me after this. Look, Dicko, like it didn't work out for whatever reason. Going to have a great season, and they did have a great season. They ended up having a great season, and I ended up yeah. playing them in, again, playing them again in in, in the uh, playoff semi final. I was there. Was you there as well? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw me beforehand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, so James, he's everywhere. <laughs> you know? He's not lying. No, he's know, yeah, he's not lying. He's actually not lying. You know, he's yeah. not lying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I get you. <laughs> no, so um, Cray, um, obviously talk about Cray. You had some good times there, and you know they've just announced their stadium's finally getting built just off uh in just off Footscray, is it in sort of Sidcup area of South London? Um, it must be good to like as a former player, and you know obviously you hold the club close to your heart. It's it's great to see them finally being able to cement their future. And then as a as the chairman says, they're no longer wandering. 
Yes, so definitely. I, I was literally talking to Wrighty, um, the director of Craig, literally the other day. Um, and he was like, thank God, like, finally, we're, we're, we're where we want to be. We're moving forward with this. Obviously, it's been a long while for the, for the project, but listen, once they get that up and running, and that's actually part of the reason why I ended up signing for Craig in the first place, because I was doing a lot of my coaching up there. And and, I, and they were showing me all the plans and what they what, what where they where the stadium's gonna be exactly yeah. how it's gonna work. So it's gonna be unbelievable down there. Now that they've got things up and running, yeah. I'm happy. For, I'm happy for them, man, because it's been it's been a while. So I'm saying, but they're on their way. And it's weird. No I, grew up, I, I grew up in Mottingham and I drove past their site all the time. And it's it's funny to think where sort of the golf complex when that was built, I was there as a kid. And you know, then next door to that is now going to be the sort of Cray Wanderers Stadium. It's going to be a fantastic facility for not just Cray Wanderers, but local football and you know, non-league football and just you know, youth players trying to get into the game as well. Definitely. They've got a massive, they got a massive youth set um, setup down there as well now with the under 18s under 20 and, and I think they've got the women's team as well. Yeah, so women's. listen, they're moving they're moving forward in the right direction, man. And I'm I'm happy for them. Like I said, uh, I wish them all the best. Yeah. Uh, Every time I see you, Chris, as well, you keep saying to me it's gonna be the final year, it's gonna be the final season, and then he turns up at another club and I'm like, when is the final season? So uh, this is this for me is the final year, but there's <laughs> a big but. There's always a big but. For some reason, they always call me like in preseason. Somebody calls me in preseason, and it's like you just resist the urge. But I'll be honest with you, this is probably going to be more than likely going to be the final year because of how well my actual business is going. So, because my business is going so well, I think, and in order for my business to, to push on and really kick on to where I want it to go, I need to say bye to the game. And if, and and in order, and unless I do, unless I do that, I'll always be wondering about. Oh, where can my business go? Or I'll be cancelling cancelling the client because I've got a, I've got a Tuesday night game, or or I'll be or or I won't be having Saturday Saturday clients because I've got Tuesday games Saturday games. And I want to be focused on the game, so I need to be able to be able to say bye to the game and obviously kick on with my career and, and life after football. So Chris, you hashtag, you are sat- I was going to say, sorry, James, sorry. So hashtag goals never done will be done. Hashtag goals never done could be done. <laughs> It could be done. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Chris, um, you said you wanted to expand your business. There's a guy in the room that I'm not sure uh, he, he would. Would you welcome Chris up north, uh, Chris? Chris, 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 meet Chris. Would you have him up north as a local branch up in South Shields? I think there's space for that, don't you? That's a northern adventure in the sort of twilight years, Chris. <laughs> well, goal scorers worth the weight in gold. So I just I just realised calling Chris and Chris at the same time is probably not helpful because yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. confusing the situation here. Right? <laughs> what a presenter! All right, Dicko, what do you think then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I've I've been all over the world, so a northern a northern adventure would never would never hurt. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but the Mediterranean sun doesn't compare to up there, though, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 what what what's the sort of next stages? So you said this could well be your final year if no one calls you pre-season. You know how how's the business going? Because I know when we spoke originally, you're one of the first guests on our podcast when we first launched, and you were kind of sort of setting setting your ways and sort of getting your feet in the game. Like it's obviously must be going really well. And how do you think that's going? Do you think it is a sort of res- response of your sort of being around the game for so long? You people know the name. Obviously, it's your yourself a brand and stuff. Getting it out there. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely that's that's a massive aspect in regards to me still being actively playing. Um, a, a lot of people say it's just down to my, pers- my persona, my personality that sells 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 the business in itself. Um, and obviously, my my business partner, he's he's more on the business side of things. So so 
But I mean, like I said, I started I started this as a personal trainer. That's what my business is all about: being a personal trainer, doing one-to-one personal training. And I took my took my son to goals to go and, to go and play football and video video recorded them a few times. And suddenly, everyone's ringing my phone saying, "Can you train my son?" And it was like, "Whoa, okay." So, and that's gone on from 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 that to now having play having young players who are at Tottenham academies or Crystal Palace academies yeah. who are Fulham academies, and it's like, "Whoa!" And 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 they each keep going back to the academies and people are asking are you doing one-to-one training and they keep saying Chris Dixon and it's like the other day I think a Fulham coach recommended me for one of their players and I was like I don't even know this guy so it's like, yeah. It's like yeah my son's at Fulham I've heard, Chris Dixon, I heard you're the guy to come to and I'm like yeah I guess so 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 but so yeah and for me it's, it's just expanding and it's again it's word of mouth but it's also because of what I've probably done in the, in the, in the game as well and how I how I deliver myself to people. I, I'm yeah. about I'm about positive energy. I'm about giving giving as much as I can, and and I've been able to be blessed in the industry to do as much as I have. And I always say to the kids, if I could take everything that I've got gained from this industry and just throw it on you, all the knowledge I've got, I would. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. We've all got to go through the process, mm-hmm. and but they, but they're enjoying it. They're enjoying it, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing, man. Just watching all all these little young boys, young boys turn into young teenagers, then into young men, and Hopefully, hopefully, two, 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 three, four, five of them go go all the way. And listen, I'll be happy with that. And it, as you have been so, so good to us, podcast, a little plug for your business. Do you want to just name drop and sort of contact details if anyone wants to get in touch? Ah, uh, yes. So it's um, CADPT84, Cardio Athletic Diet Personal Training. We specialise in personal training, football training and fight training boxing and that yeah, but not me not me not me that's not my side of it that's, that's why your muscles yeah. are so big right now isn't it that's yeah. why personality <laughs> shirt mate I've been in a gym no, oh that's yeah, you weren't but... listening to a podcast and you were pumping iron that's what you're doing <laughs> yeah. but you can find us on Instagram um, at cabpt underscore 84 I believe um, and obviously you can find me on my, my Instagram page mrdico.com I'm always putting up videos of what's going on with one to one kids and, and stuff and obviously, yeah, it's just it's a beautiful thing, man. And bring your kids, bring your kids. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> uh, just, uh, Tre- I know Trev's got a, a sort of question to ask to sort of wrap it up. But um, what I was going to say, you know, if this is your twilight year, this is your season, you know, your final season. Obviously, we we know from our our, our interview we did a few a couple of years ago what a varied and sort of successful career you've had, an exciting career. What would you say some of the highlights? Are? I mean, I remember you saying like you were playing sort of and you got called up for Charlton and you couldn't believe it. But you know, what what would you say your highlights are in your career? Um, memorable things, like, yeah. Mem- memorable things, definitely being capped for Ghana. That's 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 probably the, it's, that's huge. That's massive. Um, I I just remember how proud my dad was um, around that because it was it's just for you to be capped for your fatherland's country is is and then the players that I was obviously rubbing shoulders with as well at that time is just incredible. So definitely being capped for Ghana. Um, Win the league, win the league with Ayo. Um scoring thirty goals before New Year for Dalic. Mm-hmm. Um, signing for Charlton, signing for Charlton was massive. It's, just, it's humongous. Signing for Charlton was massive. Um, Gillingham, my Gillingham, my times at that time at Gillingham, my first first thing at Gillingham was brilliant, and um, definitely winning the FA Trophy with Hornchurch. That's that's that's, that's humongous. Great. That's that that that's the most recent one, and it's the the one that's that's gonna t- probably stay with me the longest, the, probably the longest test of time because nobody expected it to happen. And not, that not bad of, CV. That that group of that group of boys, nobody 
it's, it's different. The energy of, of, that, of that group of boys, the love that we all share for each other at Hall Church is different. I got nothing but love for every single one of them boys that shared that that I was able to share that journey with. Especially and the gaffer, obviously, and, and the management staff, of course. <laughs> cool. So, if you're going to go out with a bang this season, Dicko, what's going to be the target? I've seen, I've seen an Irish one set. If you want to share that one, but have you got any others that you you want to hit before? If you hang the boots up at the end of the year, um, in just just in football, yeah, just yeah. in football. Okay, so just in football for Irish, I'd love to obviously get get the team into the playoffs. Promoted if if we if possible, um, on on a self reflective one, uh, uh, it's minimum twenty goals in the, in the league. Like I've got three in the FA Cup, but that's what like, is where it is. We're not going to win the FA Cup, <laughs> but never say but, never. But, but I mean, Hornchurch won the trophy, so you never know. Yeah, exactly. You're good in you're good in a cup, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, of course we'll, t- we'll turn over Man City any day, in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, of course for me, yeah, it would just be. Minimum twenty goals. Um, hopefully, get Eric promoted. And um, if, if that if we go if I go out like that, I, I would have, I would have felt like I gave a little something back to Eric as well because obviously that's where I started from like, all those years ago. Would we ever see you in management? Unfortunately, not. No. I personally wouldn't be able to handle a young Chris Dixon. <laughs> and this and this and this and this generation are worse than me. So I'm like no. Nah. I would, I would definitely, I would definitely see me going to coaching in some capacity. Um, scouting, maybe not so much scouting, maybe agency work, maybe some, okay. a, some agency, agency, agency work. Um, the coaching thing is in conversation at the moment. I'm currently looking at doing my badges, and oh. there might be some, there might be something that comes up in the future. I can't really say too much just now, but oh, keep an eye out. But yeah, definitely keep an eye. They keep an eye. Obviously, with what I'm doing with my with CAD PT, it's probably people people are actually noticing it in in certain academies and certain clubs, and being in contact. So hopefully, it goes into the next goes into the next stage. Well, we'll for one be looking out for you, Chris, and you know, good luck and keep in touch as we do. And you know, I'm sure Trevor will abuse me some other time of the season when he comes and stalks you at another game. But you know, we've got we've got Hastings on the third of September at Era from over there in the FA Cup next round. Oh, there you go. There Sunday, you go. So, yeah, yeah. And, and Sunday, yeah. it's a time to play Hastings because there's, you know, it's going a bit peak song. So, you know, it yeah. could be the right sort of time to get a little scalp there. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Listen, we saw, we played them in preseason, to be fair, and they got a good result the weekend. But yeah. FA Cup, you know, the FA Cup, anything could happen. So <laughs> we'll be watching out. As far as far as we can go. Chris, thank you so much for joining us and good luck for the rest of the season. And if it is going to be your twilight career, of your career, then we hope it's the best one you can do. And look forward to catch up soon. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Always, uh, it's just always fab to, you know, the two guests we've had on so far, they, they, you know, they we must be doing something right, guys, because they wouldn't keep coming back if we didn't. I mean, you know, they might as well be part of the co-creating team on here because they, they seem to appear almost <laughs> as much as Gaz does, doesn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because he's not here now. I've been slagged off plenty of times, so you guys, yeah. just, you wind your neck in, so uh, I get I get my little come when's up in next, some time. When's your next trip away in Podgeman? Uh, I'll be on holiday plenty of times before you know it, Trev, do you know what I mean? You know you know me, but um, you know, great, great. I, we always just get on so well with Chris and you know and and Mark, and so thank you guys for coming on the Fifty Podcast. But Trevor, you got you pulled one out of the bag tonight, as we said. You know, we we when when I first, I'm not gonna lie, when I first sort of you suggested this upcoming guest, um, 
I was kind of a bit like, well, what's he got to do with non-league? But Trev, go into the reason why you think it's important that Darren Anthony, the chairman of Peterborough United, is coming on the podcast. Yeah, Darren's Peterborough United sign a lot of players from from non-league football. They've got a really good um, analysis network. And um, obviously, Barry Fry being director of football at Posh as well, as I've been for many years, obviously spent a lot of his time at, um, at Barnet as well. So they've constantly got their finger on the pulse of the best the best players around there. They're in touch with Paul Fairclough, the England C manager as well. So, you know, they know the best of what's going around and everything. But they don't just look at the National League as well. I picked out, they um, picked up a lad from AFC Wimbledon spent last year on loan at Seven Oaks, who are at step four. So, you know, their fingers are in every pie. They like to have a little look around and... It's you know it's it's great to see non-league players step up into the football league and do really well. Yeah, no. Without further ado, we'll speak to Darren McAntony. So Trev sat down with me this week. I tried to get to the interview, but obviously uh, the traffic, the lovely Sussex traffic, held me back. And I did try to connect as I was driving, but as we know, it cut out. But Trev, you did a fantastic job. So uh, listen to Trev and Darren McAntony. Are you PNLP? So as we promised this week, as it's our 50th episode of the Premier Non-League podcast, we've done pretty pretty, pretty well out for ourselves. We said we're going to have some special guests and James was hoping to be here, but he's not. So it's just me. But I'm delighted to have the Peterborough United chairman, Dara McCanty on. Dara, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Great to be on and congrats on your 50th episode. Thank you very much. And as, of course, some people might know, you have your own podcast yourself do you want to tell us a little bit yeah about that? yeah we we do the hard truth uh podcast hardtruthfootball.com so uh obviously we do that every week myself and film my partner and uh yeah when we can there's fucking a lot going on at the moment so but i've just come off a four-hour zoom call so if i'm not at my best fit i apologize in advance but i didn't <laughs> want to let you down no brilliant really really appreciate it now those of you listening will probably wonder why we've got dara on when dara's a football league chairman and we're a non-league podcast now, a lot of you might realise, you might not, that Peterborough spend a lot of time scouring non-league for the for the best talent, tuning them up almost into uh, almost like a Rolls Royce, and then selling them on for a profit. So I thought no better person to have on actually to understand why they go looking in non-league, why not around the lower reaches of the football league, and how they go about it. So sort of first up, Dara. I mean, obviously as a Barnet fan, you have a conveyor belt from us almost, don't you? <laughs> year Who's next? Year. Who's well, next? <laughs> well, I have, I have put this year, my actual next take I reckon you'll take next year will be Marvin Armstrong. Yeah. So I'm putting that out there now in August. Well, let's take that off so it's not out there publicly in case I do want to take Marvin in January. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta, you got to take out his name. But uh, yeah, I guess it goes back 17 years ago when I bought Peterborough. I'm I'm very data driven, and you know I I built my business based on young people working for me, and um, you know the human brain isn't fully developed at a certain age, and I found hiring young people, even people with you know uh, checkered pasts, failed at school, I felt I could help train, I could coach, I could extract the percentages from their brain that hadn't developed, as opposed to people over the age of say 27, 28, 29 where. The brain isn't as open to or receptive to it's not brainwashing, but you know, growing up, learning, yeah. maturing. And I and I looked at it when I bought Peter and like, 
we had a bunch of over 30s on one-year contracts. And I said, this isn't how I'm going to be able to run a football club. So I'm going to take a little bit of what I do in my work and I'm bringing it to football. And I looked at the four leagues, you know, Prem, Champ, League One, League Two. I was like, okay, the tier below, even though it's non-league, what about the best right back in, in non-league, the best centre-back, the best striker? Could he step up one level? Could he do at that level what he's doing at this level? If he's the best in kind. So that was where I started. And Barry had an extensive knowledge of non-league already, as did Keith Alexander, God bless his soul, who was our manager. So I said to them what I wanted to do and said, right, I want the best seven, eight non-league prospects that nobody's taking the chance on because they won't put money down. So whether it be George Boyd, I paid 250 grand, whether it be Mikhail Smith, McLean. And I went down that route from the start. So we've always shot at that end of the league. I, I love, you know, giving back. I love when we sell a player and we're sending a check to Grimsby, to Barnet, to whoever it might be. You know, again, this summer, selling Jack Taylor, Barnet, you know, at a sell-on. You know, again, the money trickles down. Tony runs a great ship at Barnet. He'll put money into the team. You know, maybe they'll buy a player from a league below them. I think that's the way it should work. It drives me mad that a billion, two billion every summer leaves our shores and goes abroad. And, you know, that money doesn't trickle properly down into the EFL or into non-league. So, you know, non-league now for me is like the fifth division. It's it's become such a, particularly the National League, Premier League or whatever it's called now, the size of the teams in there. When you saw the budgets last year and the teams last year and even the teams this year, it really is. And it's full of talent. And why do people, why do we shop there and maybe others don't? Well, because we pay fees. You know, there's not a lot of clubs would spend, you know, uh, nearly a million pounds on Jack Taylor at 21 out of non-league. It's just not going to happen. But I did. Um, you know, you know, I suppose you could say Jamie Vardy was like a record and whatever else. But we've always spent fees, you know, and even with Barnett with sell-ons. Whether it's Ronnie Edwards, whether it's you know Ryan, whether it's other players, then and vice versa. We can it was a deal we did, you know, a, a yeah. favor, you know, because we knew he'd develop at Barnet and do really well for Tony. Tony Clientos, I think he's fantastic, love him to bits. Um, Barry's got a great relationship with him. So, and it's not just Barnet, there's other clubs as well that you know we go and do business for and take players. They don't always come off. Some do, some don't. But that's down to the player. It's not the ability, the technical ability. It's it's down to is the player mature. Is he maturing? Is he a hard worker? Is he a grafter? A lot of players who get dumped into the non-league have been released from academies and maybe gone down with a club. You know, Jack Taylor was at Chelsea, then he went to Barnet in League Two, and then Barnet dropped into non-league. You have many other stories of players who need a second chance or a third chance, and they go and they do it at 20, 21, 22, and then they're ready for the jump and the step. A lot of them, when I see them go direct from non-league to the champ, it's where it fails. Sometimes they need to go in League One, League Two, and then they get that gear adapting, and then they move up. So as much as we've had hits, we've had misses too. You know, Taz Deemer was a miss. who should have definitely been 100%, you know, a, a football league player, um, you know, and, and, and really adjust. But he never adjusted. He never settled. And once that happens, you're kind of like, okay, he's got to go back there to find his way back again. You know, Idris was another one. We paid, well, money from, from all the shot when he was 16, 17. Did really well for us. Had some unlucky injuries. Never quite came off, so he's had to drop back to Barnet. But he's good enough to play in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. he he is good enough to play in the league. So, um, and also the cost factor—they're not silly money. I might approach a Premier League under twenty-one side for a twenty-year-old and go, "He's got potential. He hasn't really played, but maybe we could turn him." And then you find out the wage is the wrong, or he's on mm -hmm. seven grand a week already. Well, mm -hmm. that's a non-starter because no matter what fee we agree, we ain't paying a player from twenty-one academy seven grand a week. 
Now, flip it the other way, you get a 20-year-old who's scoring goals in the league, he's probably on 1,500 quid a week. So already there, you know it's not going to be a problem doing a deal with the agent and the player. He's not having to take a wage drop. He's played 50 games, 70 games in non-league, men's football. He's doing it. So it makes more sense for us. So that's why we've always gone down that route uh, of business. And that's why my scouts who work for me outside of the club spend a lot of time in non-league, you know, gem watching. Yeah, that was going to be one of my next questions with the scout. I'll just take it back a little bit. Do you think if Barry wasn't there, you possibly might not have gone so, so heavy down that route? Because obviously he's, no. like you say, he's got such a... such a No, I, I, I love Barry and he's brilliant. He's invaluable. He's been an asset, but it was something I was doing. It was, it was my pilot. I wanted mm. to do it. So would I have done great deals? Probably not without Bass, but I'd still have gone shopping in that in that pond. Um, and he is, yeah, he's second to none. And we've relationships with him, with Faircloth in England Sea. You know, uh, people, you know, obviously John Still was a great resource, mm. you know, for people who are doing this, that, and non-league. So we have our fingers in there all the time. Um, and, and I, you know, I think it's fantastic. I even was like, should I buy a non-league club? How would that work? You know, what are the legalities of doing that? Because if we could if we could buy the best and put five of them there on loan, yeah, you know, and do some sort of an arrangement, help an non-league club, and, but then they can only go so far. So it kind of never worked out. But ideally, I'd love to have done that. You know what I mean? And you could even then have a tree of coaches. You could have some of your younger coaches go and manage it. And right. when they're ready, they can step up. So, you know, and I don't want to be disrespectful to non-league, like we're using it just as a stepping stone, but that's what football is. We're a stepping stone for the champ. We're a stepping stone for the Premier League. It's, you know, those clubs look down. Works, yeah. It's how it works, you know, like we're trying to forge a relationship with Peterborough Sports for our 21 players. And, you know, and 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 again, they have a budget, so they can't sign even some of our 21 players. They can't get them all in their team. But we know, you know, God willing, they could go there and help Peterborough Sports get results. The players could play every week, proper men's football. It's not going to kill Peterborough Sports for a few hundred quid a week for their wages. Do you know what I mean? And and so Luke Steele rang me in the summer and we had a game with them. We're trying to arrange. They got a couple of hours on loan. And, um, you know, I, David Stockdale is now at York. I reached out to David and I said, look, I've got a couple of youngsters for you. You know, and he was like, well, our owner's spending a few quid and, you know, worried about, and I'm like, worried about our youngsters. We have a, we have a kid in our 21s, Gabe Overton, who's 18, fucking rapid. And he's had a really bad 10 months of injuries, body growing, all that kind of thing. And he is, he's got seven goals in six games. He, he, he'd score 20 goals, non-league level. And I don't mean to be disrespectful. But if you play him and he plays, he'd score 20 goals with his eyes shut. He's that good. So, you, you know, put a lot of people go, oh, yeah, he's doing 20. Mm. They're a little bit snobby about our 21s. And like, well, hold on. We recruit good players at that level. We took Kwame Poku from Colchester, put him in our Who 21s for five months. Yeah. Put him in our 21s for five months. And then he went into our first team in the championship. And now he's, he's worth millions. He, you know, so we have players that could go into the top league in, in non-league and absolutely do it. Now, you have to flip to that where Manny Fernandez went to you guys near the disaster yeah. long period. You know, Manny's got the tangibles to be as good a centre-half as anyone, mm. but for whatever reason, he's out of fucking mayor of Barnet. You know, he's, he's in midfield. He's not a midfielder. He's a central fucking defender. Excuse my language, so I'm, I'm not meant to curse. But, um, you, you know, and, and that's not a slight in the manager of Barnet. He's, he's trying to do his best with what he's got. And, he's, and the player obviously hasn't done his bit. And I can be critical of Manny and say, well, he didn't give it us all on that loan and, and, and it didn't work. You know, that's a loan that it was nailed on. When I did that deal with Barnett, I was delighted for him to go. I thought he'd get 20 games. He'd be ready for, you know, so, yeah. you know, and he's been fantastic for us this summer. He's growing up. Yeah. So, you know, Tony knows we're always there. If he wants any of our youngsters, he'd have them tomorrow. And equally, 
when there's a deal to be done for one of Barnett's players, Tony will do deals with us. Where mm. player people were moaning about, you know, sell-ons and deals we've done and whatever, but you don't always have money for fees, so you'll do a deal with a sell-on because there's less risk mm. and there's more payoff for the and, and Tony understands that and he loves mm. that. Like we took Efron Mason Clark, who'll be another one of our big sales probably in January next summer. And uh, you know, he is absolutely, you know, he's our captain, he can play at the top. I had my doubts on him. It was Barry really? and his son. Really? Yeah, I, yeah, Barra, yeah. Barra. I, yeah, but you know what? It's like, you don't always get them right, but at least I'm man enough to hold my hands up. We watched them three times. We played them a couple of times. We already had players coming through on the left side. I was worried about progression. You know, Barry, you know, for two years, he'd been screaming. And truth be told, two years ago, it probably wasn't the right time for him to come no, to us. You're right, yeah, absolutely. So he was, we watched him and he was very inconsistent against the best teams. Yeah. My dad, analyst was like, he does well. But when he plays the best teams, he kind of disappears. Yeah. That so was like, and, and therefore I won't mind me saying that. Well, we've then taken him since last summer and he's absolutely taken to League One, so like a duck to water, where he could play now. I, I think he could play all the way, but I'm always yeah. going to say that. I think yeah. character, player, he's 23. I think he's got all the tangibles to be a top player. I think he can play up front. You know, I think he could really like, you know, it's been the big season for Efron. He's our captain and what a human being. So, but at the time, not quite ready for us. So we took the plunge last summer. Fans were having a go at me. We saw Sammy Schmodix. You replaced him with who? Blah, blah, blah. Now, now the fans will hang me from yeah. the wall if I went and sold that from Mason Clark. So that's, you know, I even told Bradford to sign him when we didn't know if we were, you know, whatever else. It was like, look, we haven't got space. We haven't done the deal. You go and sign him. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. But again, it's who takes the plunder, who takes the chance. Mm-hmm. Tony worked with us. There were a couple of bigger clubs than us doing deals. And to be fair, the player wanted to come to us. Tony wanted them to come to us. Um, because he knows we're good for business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and that's really important. So, yeah, you know, that's the way I feel about non-league, full of talent, full of full of rogues, full of uh, players who, who need another chance. And that's okay, because we've all been rogues in our lives at some stage. We've all, you know, been on the naughty step. We've all made mistakes when we were young. It doesn't mean it's over. And that's the beauty about that pool of people down there. And even now I can name four or five players absolutely nailed on my radar you know, as some talent to come out of, but I'm not going to name them. Because again, not, yeah. what, what, I, what I found over the last few years, other clubs started to mirror and follow what we did on purpose. One club in particular who had an analysis room and they ended up having two guys and their job, their only job was to watch everything I did in social media. Really? Uh, ring up clubs and find out if Peter scouts were going Yeah, and, and, and follow us up and down. So, yeah, so I'm always a bit like, careful. Yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, I'm, I imagine as well, you sell someone like F1 on, like you did with uh, Samish Moss as well. You've always got the next one ready, haven't you, to come yes. in to you know exactly yes. where you're going. And that's, yes. a, that's the easiest way to do business, isn't it, as well? It is when you, it is when you can make it happen. But yes, yeah. we always have the next one. You know, we have a list of five, you know, always. So we're always ready for the next one. But it's no guarantee the next one's going to sell. No. The next one's going to, you know, some players take time. We spent, yeah. you know, a million pounds on Joe Randall two years ago when he was 21 what a talent but it's taken two years to actually show and come out of a shell and mm. injuries homesickness moving problems sometimes it just takes a little bit longer uh, and that's okay as well but when you're when you come with a price tag the expectation is different yeah uh, and the pressure is different so you know you have to remember these are human beings and whilst they might have ideas that oh, i'm going to go to peterborough and i'll be the next big sometimes that pressure alone even at peterborough can get to them how does your scouting network Go. Have you got someone in sort of every area of the country? Do you get no. people coming and say, 
have a look at this lad here and off you go and, and take yeah. a look? Three, two years ago, I had three guys work for me with cuts, with relegation, with all those things. It's down to one. So it's me and him. We do a lot of analysis. He goes out and watches games. Sometimes I'll use somebody else part-time occasionally. Yeah. And then the club have their own analyst that works for the first team who would bring his own ideas as well. But my guy is 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 brilliant. He's young. Um, I look after him. He looks after me. And he'll get out there and he'll see three games a week. And he knows how I think. He knows what I'm looking for. He knows how we like the analysis done. And he'll do his digging. And he'll spend time. He'll talk to fans. And he'll really get into it. And And, and for me, sometimes it's not about the game. It's yeah. about the warm-up. It's about the reaction of being substituted. It's yeah. about are they a team player? All those little things that you look yeah. at. So that's how we work. You know, everyone always thinks Peter has got this big scouting network. No, we don't. It's, you know, it's at the end of the day, we're a League One football team. You know, we do our best, but we feel confident with what we do have around us tools-wise that we're, we're, we're good to go. Just before we wrap up, because I know you're a big fan <laughs> and you've probably got another Zoom call to shoot straight sure. on to our... Six o'clock, yeah. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're, we're talking a little bit around the Havilland. Obviously, he, he was the, oh, the yeah. latest one to go. When do you sort of identify someone like Ryan, you sort of look and go at that's you know that he he he's one of the five on the list, but actually he's now not number five, he's now number one. That's so, who we want to go for. So it's really weird with Ryan. Um, you know, we knew about him because we always watch what Barnard do as well. Yeah. And we knew he'd come from Fulham. And my scout rang me, ooh, I can't remember if it was the other side of Christmas or before Christmas. Mm. And it was weird, it was spookily weird. My scout rang me, which he doesn't usually do, just sends it, he goes. I saw, you know, he sent me to the Barnet game today. Ryan de Havilland, absolute posh made, tailor made for us, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, we know him. Get him watched another four or five times. That night, Barry rang me. He was like, oh, my Adam, his son, who goes to games, was at yeah. a Barnet game. And he's seen a kid. And I said, before you say his name, Ryan de Havilland. And he went, fucking hell, Pierre. I said, right. Then, this is the weirdest thing. The next day, or about five days later, the club, the club analyst, he does an analysis work for the first team, was out watching an England C game. Right, yeah. And I think Ryan played in the England C game. Yeah. And he March, sent a yeah. report on the game. And he said in the report, these are the four best players, but the standout player was this player here, Ryan de Havilland. I'd already told the gaffer about him. So I rang Baz and said, look, tell Tone we're going to be back when we know that we're doing a Jack Taylor deal. And yeah. we've done a bit of movement, blah, blah, blah. So Tony let us speak to the player, his agent. They were absolutely sold. Met the manager, wanted to come. Money was never a thing. Ryan's fully committed. He's bought a house in Peterborough. But we said to Ryan, you're not going to go in the 11 straight away. You weren't that in merit. We're going we're gonna to blend you in. Slowly but surely, you're younger than you know, other players. We see you two-footed. You can play as a six. You can play as an eight. Yeah. You even play as a 10. So he has all the tangibles. And um, he, he came in, did a great deal with Tony. One that's good for Barnet, one that's good for us. We were at our EFL cap as well. We couldn't sign players until we'd sold players and moved players. So Tony worked with us in that. And um, Ryan's been brilliant, brilliant in preseason. Very quiet boy, but yes. very intelligent boy. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, you speak to him, very intelligent, very knowledgeable, very serious. Um, but so serious that his career is like buy a house, move down, commit. Um, he's already made a couple of sub appearances, and very impressive, very impressive. So. The manager would have no problem throwing him in straight away. And the beauty about our team is with an average age of 22.7 or whatever else, it's it's mm -hmm. tailor-made for Ryan. Yeah. Because he's now in an environment because he's young, you know, that will, that will suit him and he'll prosper. So we have high hopes for Ryan, but I don't want to get carried away. He'll take his time. But I think he's one of them when he gets in, he'll stay in. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people forget as well. Last year was his first full season in men's. Correct. Co- correct. He'd been in the academy system yeah. last year, and your manager, I think, played him right back, played him sometimes at a ten, drifted yeah. him over the right yeah. side. And the he left, was, he, yeah. yeah, and the left. You know, mm-hmm. like like I said, you know, because of his talents have been two footed. Yeah. You know, we we see him. You know, he could play in a two, he could play in a three, but he could definitely run a game and he could go box to box. But we think that comes, you know, and and you know, Jack Taylor was brilliant. But there were loads of things missing from the game, you know, and and, and we improved that, you know, and, and whatever. Now he's going to Ipswich and he'll go again. And that's just the way it works. So, yeah, very excited about Ryan and looking forward to the next barn of talent that we dive in there on. <laughs> There's plenty there, Daryl. There's plenty there. One last thing before we go. Ronnie Edgar, sure. dare you tell me what the sell-on fee is. Uh, sorry, the sell-on clause is because that's all over the place with... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why people get so obsessed and people leaking stuff like the Athletic article and whatever else. Mm. And I don't know why people get hung up. It's no one's fucking business. It's excuse my language. It's Barna's business and our business. It's like, you know, do Barna want me or to tell people what they pay for Canu or vice versa? And clubs have that deal. Uh, I'm very happy with the deal we did with Tony on on Ronnie. You know, we brought a 16 year old in during COVID. Mm. You know, who basically was going for up to half a million somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, and I would be delighted to drive a wheelbarrow full of money down to Barnet because I think it's only right. You know, they develop them. We've taken them. We've brought them to the next stage. And as long as we have that relationship and as long as clubs like Barnet earn fortunes from us and it flows, we'll always get first dibs on our best talent. Mm. And they'll allow us to pay for things differently than other clubs. And we wouldn't have got Efron Mason-Clark without... Ronnie Edwards and Jack Taylor. The only reason we got that was because of the relationship with Tony and knowing what we do and, and how we've done. And we probably paid less for Efron than other clubs that agreed to pay. So why people want to go on about big sell-ons and whatever else, that's how it works. It's a pro pro quo. And, and we're very happy with that relationship. And we used to have it with Dagenham and we used to have it with other clubs down there. And, you know, if, you, if, you're, a, if you're a top, top non-league player, club, you need to be knocking my door down because, you know, not about money, about opportunity. Yeah. Because that's what we give these lads. Track record speaks for itself. Dara, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much Brilliant. for coming on. Uh, Pleasure. I really appreciate it. Good luck with Posh for the rest of the season. And appreciate it. Good luck to Barnet. Thank you. And hopefully there'll be uh, plenty of uh, more Barnet starlets flying your way. Hey, keep them coming. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Guys, it's, I think it's about time to wrap up because it's going to be another bloody long one. So we're giving a lot of meat, meat on the bone for the, the listeners this week. Have we got anything we want to talk about? Any funny stories before we wrap up? We've got to keep it quick. So I think talking about ground grading, Trev, might have to wait till the next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that one then. But I'll mention the FA Vars starts this weekend. Uh, 50th year of it. So uh, big one to go and win at Wembley this year. It will be. It'll be a good one. Is there any sort of scalps you think might be in the early rounds? Any sort of interesting fixtures that you've had the chance to look at? Uh, no, it's the first qualifying round this weekend. So the, a lot of the clubs that did well last year don't come into the first or second round. So like the Newport Pagans that made the final, I think, come in at the second round proper. So, um, But the great thing about the Vars is anyone can win it. You've got no idea who those two final teams are going to be when they start on Saturday. Out of, I think, over yeah. 600, 680-odd teams, I think it is. So good luck yeah. to them all. Good luck to them. It'll be it'll be fantastic. It'll be fantastic. Um, anything else for you, for you Pete? Uh, you want a funny story? Funny story. Go for it. Okay. This referee turned up at Woodside on Saturday. 
Oh, here we go. <laughs> Chris, moving on quickly, swiftly. Yeah, FA Cup first qualifying round draws being made, as we know, and a huge potential tie for, well, it's not potential, it's a definite, but it's potentially one of two teams uh, from the northeast. Uh, I'm going to say Whitley Bay and Wickham. We've got a replay, I believe, and the winner, because uh, they've got preliminary round to, to replay, the winner is at home to Macclesfield. Huge. Big game. Big game there. Um, Pete? I will tell you something that I found quite humorous. You know, um, we've had him on Mark White. You know, when he's when he's South End fans... Yeah, down, we can talk about him in the past now. Yeah. <laughs> he put, um, You know, he puts money in some of the local pubs for the... the oh, it's fantastic. Yes, yeah, brilliant. He does that, yeah. As, as a thank you for selling out. Well, somebody on their Twitter... I find this this really insulting because I, you know, I used to have a problem with alcohol oh. and they're slagging it off. And it's like oh, you can't win. On. Get a grip. Get a grip. It's like you, you can't say anything now, can you? No, you can't. You know, so I'm feeling really woke about it. It's like you know, <laughs> just because you don't drink doesn't mean you're you've stopped drinking. Doesn't well, he could, he, he could go drink. and get a Heineken Zero or something, couldn't he? Go and get a zero percent beer, then he doesn't have to drink. Yeah, and 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 also. The tweet didn't say it was for beer, it said for drinks. So yeah, it could, could be, have had a like, cope, 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 But no, this chap, porks. This, chap had to take, this chap had to take offence at it. Oh, well, that's just this day and age anyway. But, uh, you know, we could go. We, that's another podcast, isn't it, to be fair? The world's gone mad. Yeah, well, that's gone mad. But, yeah, another another fantastic episode, guys. Thank you so much. And just from me, like, thank you so much for the past 50 episodes. It's been fantastic. Obviously, we, we've, 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 we've gone through a lot. We've, I think we've got better as each week goes on. You know, our fan base, we have to say thank you because... We know, we know we're not the biggest podcast in the world, but, you know, we do get people liking and sharing it and we do get comments which really make us work and, you know, makes us want to bring it to you. So thank you to those listeners. And as we always say, we do tweet about it. If you like it, just tell one person and then that one person tells someone else because, you know, that's how these things grow. We don't do it for money. We don't get any money for this. It's completely out of our own love for the game. So, you know, we'd like to thank you. And I think we're going to launch ourselves into the Football Content Awards, aren't we, Pete? I think you're, you're going to sort that out for us, aren't you? Well, it's up to the listeners, really. <laughs> yeah, it's up to the listeners, really. Well, yeah, but we have, we have, we have to, we have to, we have to enter it. So, we'll put a tweet out in the next few days, and I think you enter via Instagram. I think you enter via the website. Just nominate us and Twitter. Yeah, just nominate it. us. All you, all you do is put in, in, in the nominee section on their on their website. Um, you just with the podcast, you just put the name of the podcast. That's all you need. The, That's all the you premier non-league podcast. And um, while you're at it, you might as well nominate the Rebel Yell podcast just for the... And the Mariners podcast. And the, the Mariners, Mariners podcast. I was getting there. Don't you worry, Chris. Don't you worry. I, was, I wasn't I was going to leave you out, I promise. Because obviously, if you had me for the Mariners podcast, we would not have known you. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> three true. podcasts three podcasts in the sort of PNLP family here. And is Trev Talks going for one? Nah, not this year. I'll save it nah, next year. But it's I'm not, not, it's, it's, it's might, not very big. It's a bit I'm amateur, might, isn't it, that one? I might <laughs> www.footballline.co.uk for it this year. What? Well, you need to put www. Or no one's going to get to your website well, that, then. So well, put put the three Ws right there. Um, yeah, and and if Trev does that, nominate footballwriting.co.uk because uh, that's enough. Obviously, for it. And obviously a former sponsor of the blog, so we've got support. But guys, thank you for an, a fantastic episode, episode fifty. We'll look forward to the next fifty and beyond. Um, as per usual, tweet us at the PNLP on Facebook, social media, including uh, Instagram and X. Or whatever the hell Elon Musk calling it this week I think it's X at the moment 
reposts and all that. But um, do do on that. Good luck for your teams in the following week. And uh, for myself, James, Trev, Chris, Pete and Gaz, if he's, well, he's not yo-yoed again, so we'll say goodbye from him. Um, thank you and good night and uh, be seeing you. Bye for Bye. now.